Welcome to the Ecotech Podcast. I'm your host, the feeling of your parents' disapproval, Jay, and joined as always is the uh, companion feeling of abandonment, Z. How are you doing today, Z? Uh, uh, pretty good. Our, our evening could have gone a little better, I would say. I, consider. I would have to agree. This was, uh, we went to see Black Widow. We just came back from it. Yep. This is our Way Black later than we wanted to. Yeah. Way later. It is about 11.51 in the p.m. when we're recording mm-hmm. this, and this was not the plan. Yeah. So, we, as we said last week, we're going to probably be at least very front-heavy on the Black Widow. But, yeah, just to just to start it off, our movie-going experience. So, now, this is this literally the first movie you've seen in theaters since? No, this is the second one. Oh, okay. What, what I saw the, the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Oh, did you? Oh. Well, no, it's the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. That's right. Whatever the order is. Well, I, I also, it also was not my very first movie. I saw Raya when it came out back in, is that Raya? in March. Whatever. The one with the dragon. So... It's not our first experience back in theater since COVID, but it was a big one, right? Like I don't know about you, but Raya wasn't a big one to me. Raya, whatever. And yeah, I'm sure the Hitman's yeah. Wife's Bodyguard wasn't much of a uh, not event at for all. you. But this was a big one, right? This is like this is the one, Definitely. and they've been marketing it as such as well. You know the whole like we're bringing back, the, we're saving, we're saving we cinema. We did it, guys. We saved cinema. And, Just like Christopher uh, Nolan tried to do with Tenet. And that's yeah. right, but that failed. Oh, God, it failed. That was like a year too early, but this one, they're like, we got it. We, we're confident we can save cinema with Black Widow. And then, this is not truly uh, the fault of, obviously, really anyone. Not mm-hmm. like the theater. I would say more of the manufacturer of the equipment. I don't know, but we had an error, a bit of a technical hiccup in our showing. where The fire alarm went off. Yeah, they said somehow the... Yeah, the projector caught projector flames. or was smoking or something and set off the fire alarm, so we all had to leave. And then we were able to shuffle back in, but from then on we had a litany of technical problems. They started playing the movie again. With no sound. With no sound. And then they got the sound back, but then it cut out again. Oh, because what happened was, like, we, we were so, f- like, so behind <laughs> on schedule that the lights came on when they were scheduled to do so. But we were still in the middle of the third act. Yeah, in the in the really important scene where the end is happening, where like yeah. people are fighting each other, and then at one point when they when the um, when they started to fix the problem, they were just playing the sound. So for like two minutes, we just heard uh, ah and like the intense music, and we saw no visuals yeah. to go along with yeah. it. It was almost they worse than not having any sound or anything. No, they never did because they were probably so we behind. Just got to hear this the fight sequence the action scene at the end but yeah so i I, as i was saying to you when we were in there it was was a bit poetic almost wasn't it for the uh the return of cinema just be a shit show yeah because people have been saying for there's been obviously conflicting sides a lot of people like the cinema experience and i agree i was well into it i always get well into it i get the candy get the popcorn i bought the commemorative the commemorative popcorn bucket and drink today while i was there uh uh, red Guardian magnet. I got a little Red Guardian magnet on the top of my drink cup. I was well into it. I always like to. I'm a fan of the cinema experience. I really am. Um, there is, I think, something that can't be captured about that if for a certain kind of movie is seeing it on the big screen with the big noise and everything. It's real good, I think. I disagree. Well, there you go. This, I, this is the thing I was. I think I was going to talk about. Want to talk about this episode because it was Black Widow. I guess we can just talk about it right now before we just because we're talking about it. Um, when I saw that man, Bodyguard's wife. I was like, man, I don't really need to do theaters anymore. <laughs> like, to be totally honest, because, I mean, for better or worse, with this COVID situation, movie theaters are like, well, if we just put it on streaming service, people are more likely to watch it, kind of, because they don't have to go anywhere. They're just staying mm-hmm. in their house. And I kind of like that better. Now, granted, I will say, 
them little I kind of not to beat this guy, but kind of the privilege of it because I have a bi- I have a bigger TV in my house than probably most people do, and my sound system's pretty good. So like, there's not much difference to me. The screen can only get so big. Mm-hmm. It's at, it's at a point where it's big enough, and I'm like, well, this is as big as I would want it to be anyway, and I can see everything, and it's high definition. Now, if you don't have that, obviously, I there's something wrong with going to the movies, and it's like a fun time. But I don't really see that. I prefer just watching well, movies. I- I, by myself, you know? I totally get what you mean. And, like, yeah, especially with the way, like, obviously the place that even just, even just, like, entry-level technology's at nowadays, right? 4K TVs are pretty much the standard. The standard. And those those are cheap now. Like, we're at the point where 4K TVs are pretty much entry-level affordable for the most part. They're a little more expensive. Obviously, you can get cheaper ones. But, like, it's not that crazy. And 4K um, players, like, every, every Xbox One X... Is a 4K Blu-ray player. Like, those are relatively affordable for what they once were. And, obviously, you do need to be buying 4K Blu-rays to watch stuff in 4K. Um, a lot of the streaming services don't yet support that specifically. But my, my only point is that we're getting to a point where home setups, yeah, really do probably rival. The um, theater. For most people, practically yeah. speaking. right? Obviously not literally, but for a, in a practical sense, most people probably are just as happy with it. We've come a long way from the day where it's like you could go see a movie in the theater or, like, Break out the the fucking Super Eight, yeah, and and like play your own projector at home. It's not that anymore. So like, I kind of get what you mean, and I I can't say that I disagree, even though I did just say I like going to cinemas. Um, it definitely is going to depend on the movie for me because something like this, I was excited for and all, I would want to see. But then there was plenty yeah. of the movies that like came to uh, HBO Max and stuff starting exactly. this year. Um, that I was happy to just watch at home because it's like I probably to be honest. Probably would have never made the trip or spent the money yeah. to see it in a in a theater. Because it's almost like I think the streaming services are almost kind of the way to go now. Because if they're just going to keep putting movies on there as they come out, like Zack Snyder's Justice League was just on streaming services the day they said it would, and they and especially HBO Max and stuff and Netflix and Hulu, New Dolesix and Hulu have just a, such a large library of just films that you just good films th- throughout the years mm-hmm. like hbo max for example they have films that just came out that are good and they have films like dr strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb which is from like the 60s made by kubrick like they have movies that span generations yeah that you can watch for a movie ticket so the price of seeing one movie you can watch thousands of hours which i mean who really does and who really has that kind of time but i think having it there it's just better i think yeah so yeah, that was just a bit of a fun act to start off. Like I said, I, people have been like, I've seen people pretty passionate about this on both sides of the of this past year. When like there was a obviously a lot of them seem to have recovered just fine now that they're opened up. They look rough for a while, but it seems like movie theaters are going to be around for a while more at least. Oh yeah. Then unfortunately, like the smaller ones, which I Couldn't. guess totally went out of business, yeah. kind of thing. But like the bigger chains around here and stuff seem to be going fine. Um, and again, I, I know a lot of people are, like, passionate on both sides. Some people are like, well, this is just a free market. Like, clearly they can provide a better service. Again, just, yeah, like, on streaming, like we've been talking about. And then some people really are passionate about the movie-going experience. And they want to preserve that. And, uh, so, yeah, I just thought it was funny that we had this <laughs> hiccup in our first first big movie back. Yeah. It's funny. I've never had anything like that happen. Me neither. At all. I've never even seen anything like I've that. had a couple technical errors like that where... For whatever, like, I think I've had it a couple times where the movie started with no sound, maybe, and then they remedied that pretty quick. I went to see <laughs> a Kung Fu Panda 3 once, 
in 3D, but they didn't give anyone 3D glasses, so the movie started. Ooh. Or no, it was Kung Fu Panda 2. Uh, my apologies. Oh, gotta keep the continuity. They, uh, they didn't give us 3D glasses, so the movie started and we're all like, what the hell are we watching? And then they had to, like, stop the movie, turn the lights on, and hand everyone 3D glasses. <laughs> so they could continue. But I've never had anything on this level. We literally had to, like, we got to go in the little, uh, the movie theater we went to was in a mall, and we got to go in the little back tunnels of the mall as we escaped. From the raging fire that had <laughs> to no consume fire. us. No, not at all. So yeah, let's just get into actually the talking about the movie then. Okay. So let's do, let's do. Did we like it? Yes. Yeah, I was just gonna say. What, what I did liked you think it. of it generally. I liked, I liked it. it a lot. I thought it was actually. good. I will say probably even though I was excited for going back to the theaters and seeing this movie and all, and obviously this had been brewing for a while. I I want to say to an extent, I was probably more excited with the concept of a Marvel movie, then I was truly excited for this Black Widow movie in particular, and I think it probably exceeded my expectations, personally. Um, I will say, it lived, it, it kind of just met expectations in the sense that I knew, like, just due to the nature of when this takes place and all, there wasn't going to be a ton of... Long-lasting effects. Yeah. Just, that's just the nature of it. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that doesn't make it any less valid as a movie. It tells no. its story well. Um... I thought we just look real quick. Like, all the reviews are positive. I don't really need to get into them specifically, but people are happy about it. And I think I mentioned this last week when the early reviews were in. Is that a lot of people say, like, it it kind of touched on some heavier stuff and had some more of some really, some people are saying some of the most serious, like, kind of content of any of the Marvel movies, which oh, yeah. after seeing it, I would agree. And then I would also agree with the second half of that, which is that in a lot of ways it doesn't follow through on a lot of it. Yeah, it just kind of addresses it and moves on. Um, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's it's a terrible tonal shift. Um, I did I, that was another thing I'd read. Someone someone quoted saying like, "There's a massive tone shift in the movie," and I would say there kind of is. I don't think it ma- it massively just like happens, in the blink of an eye or anything. It is a bit gradual, but I would say the f- first probably just half of the movie is is a lot more serious in tone than the back half, which gets just more into the the Marvel-y kind of action of yeah. it, right? I would, I will say the. Well, I guess we should say spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. We're, we're just going to spoil, gonna spoil the whole movie. We're going to talk about every part of it. I just want to get that out of the way before I... Uh, but the beginning of it was very, like, heart-raising. Like, I will admit, like, I was, like, oh, really invested with, like, yeah. the... Because it starts out with her in 1995, in, like, a covert mission. She's, like, a spy yeah. with her with her family, quote-unquote. I will say, did it... I... Pretty much immediately, like, based on the content that was, like, there's there's something going on here. And, like, they're sleeper agents of some kind or something. I did not, I did not think they were sleeper agents. So did you, were you actually just, like, I guess this is just her origin. She was just a kid in Ohio kind of thing, or? Yeah, kind of. I thought that, um. I think that is the intention. Like, yeah, because I, I, I really thought that it was just gonna be like, oh, okay, she was, like, a kid in Ohio. Yeah. And she has a family. And then they and then her, her. And then her. Yeah, and they just flee and take refuge somewhere else because they're being chased by someone, and she gets taken to Russia. I and I actually thought that they were actually her parents. Yeah, like those I, the I Red say, Guardian and um, Melina were actually right. their, her biological mother and father, not just like a yeah. fake the top. Which makes more sense if they're just top agents. Yeah, it does. I will say I did think for a minute as that same thing. Like I, I kind of both at the same time. I was like, okay, I do think that they are Russian. Like this is like some kind of undercover sleeper agent type scenario um but i will agree with you i was also like maybe though they are actually a real family that have all been inserted together yeah but yeah it didn't actually turn out to be that obviously but uh 
at first I didn't, um, in the opening credits, they have a scene where it shows them taking pictures in different scenes. I loved the opening credits. I I thought they were very interesting. I enjoyed them as well. But at first, it took me a minute to, and I was like, why are these, what are these pictures of? And then it's revealed later it's from a photo album, a fake photo Mm -hmm. album they make. Yeah. That Natasha tries to save when they leave, and she's told to leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of, which, which is interesting, I think. But it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me that they still see them as their children. Because the Red yeah. Guardian very much, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against, like, I kind of like that they're, there's a couple points in the movie where they act as though they are a real family, and they have. Well, it's kind of like one of the central sort of, like, back and forth of it, right? It's yeah. a bit of an internal conflict among those characters. Is that a few? They keep maintaining like ah, it wasn't real though, and then they kind of yeah, they're kind of breaks through because it it shows through when they all meet up again and they sit in the exact same way they sit in the opening, Uh and then like uh, Melina tells Natasha to stop slouching, right? And they all kind of start bickering and like but again, that whole sequence through Natasha is is like adamant that this isn't real; it was all just a thing or whatever. And obviously, even Red Guardian says this similar thing a few times. Like they're they're clearly. It's a thing they struggle with, and then again, they're like, we are, like, a family. A-, a family, to some extent, right? Yeah. Like, dysfunctional as we may be, but, like, lots of families are dysfunctional. Yeah, I just... I just think it's interesting that the that I the, the adult one makes me question, like, it's interesting that they're attached. Like, I get Natasha mm-hmm. and, um... I mean, I just still... You just... You live with people like that for three, three years, years, and, and I, like... Because because they're children as well. Like, like, children, they're impressionable. They would latch on to you, and, like, why wouldn't you go back? And And also, like, they say... They really, you know, they sold it. Even when in the comfort of their own home, it seemed, when they had almost no reason to, they continued they to act continued like a family. Act, yeah, like fully. And so, yeah, so at some point, you probably just wouldn't be acting anymore. Like, well, and like we saw it in that scene. Um, what's her name, Melina? Yeah. She says, like, I don't want to go, right? And the kids don't want to go. They're all like, they, they seem pretty content with their To their stay, lives, yeah. Because like, like, and almost, I mean, probably it was probably better than what they were going back right. to. Well, obviously, it was better than what well, yeah, going especially, back to. Well, especially for, for the girls, especially. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. What was, well, what I, was brutal is when they find them in the, the shipping yeah, crate. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. That so was that's all very kind of like, brutal. That's where the, the opening credits kind of start. And I will say, like, yeah, that that's why I say that first half really has a lot more a lot more punch to it, dude. Scenes like that, like, are, it's genuinely in times. It, I said last week that I thought it was going to be kind of like a spy movie. And I would say that. I'm gonna keep saying this, but that first half carried that. Oh yeah, I'm um, feeling agree. a lot more in the back. The back, the the latter half, like the third act in particular, just feels like a Marvel pretty, movie. Yeah, very standard, straightforward Marvel movie stuff. But that the first act in particular is like it feels like something out of Born. Like oh, it yeah. really does. Like, and I've always said like this is one of the strengths of the MCU is that even with even though they're all superhero movies to an extent, you get into these subgenres and stuff. Right. Um, and I really like that. I, I think it was just done well. Like, it's obviously, yeah, very kind of derivative of the genre, but I don't think that's bad. I, no, again, bad I think it's done well. No, I, I, it's, so. it's interesting, the stuff they're doing in there. And it still has, like, the Marvel flavor of it to where they are, like, they're they're super secret agents. They're not just, like, yeah, they're not just Matt Damon in a field or whatever. Yeah, it's... They, They've got their gadgets and their their get-ups and their comic book outfits. Yeah, they're, like, they're comic book-level scourge, which means yeah. they're, like, enhanced. Like, yeah. not, not necessarily enhanced, like, the Red Guardian is literally enhanced, but they're just more than human. Like, yeah, but some of the stuff they get up to, like you said, that, that's where, like, they're pulled out of the shipping container and, like, we already, 
we don't get a lot of this, but from the other MCUs, we know the type of training they were getting there and, like, the intensity of that. And they're teaching them ballet and also, yeah. like, shooting and being... Yeah, there's that part in Age of Ultron where Black Widow has the flashback where she's made to kill a man as, like, a, a teenager, presumably. And yeah. All that stuff. And then, obviously, they reference this again that's also in Age of Ultron, but the whole, um, the, like, the forced hysterectomies that all the girls oh, are doing. Yeah. It's intense. And, obviously, the big one is what she does when she tries to, uh... Attack the... Kill the bad guy. Gosh, the Lord... Drakov? Drakov, maybe? Drakov, yeah. General Drakov, not Lord Drakov. Oh, jeez. Wow. Um, but that guy, the main villain. Yeah. And at first, like, the, the daughter's mentioned a few times before that scene's shown, right? And you and I had the same thought, right? That I, for whatever reason, and I think this was probably intentional, and it worked certainly on us, they said daughter. I was like, okay, daughter, but she's probably, like, an adult. She's and probably it, like one of the Black Widows or something, or like, or like a high-ranking member yeah. to like so control the be, widows. Yeah, she's gonna be an ad- a well, villain. I just assume she would be an adult kind of villain who is working with him. But no, it was a she little was girl, like a little girl, like ten or something. She killed and blew him up, and so that was pretty dramatic. Oh yeah, she blew up the building with her inside. Yeah, just to think, because he's like, well, she, he must be in. There. If she's in there, he must be in there when yeah. he wasn't. So, um, yeah, I guess I'd say I agree with those reviews in a lot of ways. I will say, it does follow through on most of those plot lines. It's not like that is abandoned. I guess you could argue that that, that plot point in particular is wrapped up in kind of a cutesy way of just like, yeah, but she's good now. The, the daughter's good and she forgives her. Yeah. She's- like, that is a bit, I guess, simplistic. It's not, like, as intense as it could be. But by and large, I don't think they leave anything dangling. It no. definitely lightens up in the back half, but I think that's understandable. That's fine, yeah. Like I said, the opening credits I really liked. It reminded me a lot of the scene in... Captain America the Winter Soldier, when they're in the bunker with Zola. Right, And yeah. he's showing them all the things that Hydra's done over the years to, to sow disorder yeah. and, and to try to, to to put in place their world order, right? And they talk about how, like, his whole thing in that is that they tried to make the world so chaotic that people would willingly sign over their freedom, right? Yeah. Um, and you see, like, the JFK assassination and, and all these clippings and, like, newspapers flashing by and, like... It's implied that the Winter Soldier has a hand in all that. And then this is a very similar thing, but it's I guess it's obviously all the Black Widows, right? Yeah. And we talked about this last week as well, I mentioned, but in the comics, the Winter Soldier is just part of the, the Red, Red Room. Room. They're one and the same. Um, and they kind of hint at that in this one, that Melina, when they're talking about it, mentioned that like their mission in Ohio there was somehow t- connected to the Winter Soldier project. That Maybe they handed off their information to them and they... They were also using that mind control y kind of stuff on the Winter Soldiers. Yeah. Like the second generation of them that were in Siberia there that are in um, Civil, Civil War. War. So I think it, it it does kind of imply that they are tied together similarly to how they are in the, the comics, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Something about those scenes are just interesting. This idea that like they were involved this whole time, like just pulling strings in the background of history. Yeah. So, it's kind of a neat concept and all the different yeah. stuff they got up to. Uh, <laughs> one thing I will say about this movie, and I did like it. Was that I feel like there's not really the villain isn't really that great I gotta be honest because it's kind of Taskmaster but also not really like no I agree because Taskmaster shows up in the be- very beginning and then is not really absent relevant. for a lot of the middle yeah and I and I and this movie felt kind of like weirdly paced to me but that may also be because. It was weirdly paced for it us. Was it was weirdly for shown. like 40 minutes by yeah. for us. Yeah. It was shown weird and like there wasn't sound, so a scene was ruined. And yeah. 
I still liked it though. It was still a, a good movie, and I still I enjoyed what it did to the character. I would say the other thing is like, and this is kind of a contrast with everything I've just been saying now. But even though it did deal with some of like the more grim, like darkest stuff that we've probably seen in the MCU thus far, I also thought the comedy was really well done. And I know people have this complaint with the MCU move, MCU movies just as a whole that they they lean on comedy too much. Yeah, they're too they quippy. Are, they say they're way too quippy, and that they undercut. Um, any like tension and seriousness with a quips joke. and stuff, and I will say I don't think this movie did that. I don't think there are a lot of quips in this movie. I think it's just there, it them being quips. funny. Yeah, it was people being funny inadvertently, right? It yeah. wasn't people being quippy to each other. The characters would say things that were inadvertently funny to us, the audience, right? Yeah. Which is yeah, it's not a quip. And also the thing is like, I will. I think that that the placement of the jokes was good. Like I. They weren't using jokes to undercut actual serious scenes, yeah. Necessarily, the jokes were in between serious scenes, right? Or the Which joke, or is... the joke led into a serious right. scene. And for a, a prime example, the scene that kept getting around for us was when um, what's the sister's name? Yolanda. 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 That's close. Uh, is sitting alone in the room because they're like, "Oh, this is fake." She's like, "Well, it was real to me because she was six at the time." Yeah, she was like six to like well, probably. She's like three, three. to six, I guess. So yeah. that was that's probably the year, that's the most impressionable years. So it was the most real to her, and that's like her formative years. Um, and then the uh, the Red Guardian goes in, and is telling this stupid fucking story about his dad yeah. pissing on his hands, and she's like, "Just shut up! You like didn't care. You kept telling me how boring it was." And then he starts singing American Pie, yeah. which is her favorite song. And so it it kind of the joke of him kind of being stupid, right. and then she calls him exactly. out, exactly, and it shows that you know he actually does care, and he does remember her favorite song, and it wasn't like he says it was a job, but mm-hmm. deep down he's like, no, I actually did care. Like, yeah. It was more than that. You're right though. That's a prime example. Like he was funny in that scene, not because he was trying to be funny or make her laugh or anything or be quippy. He was funny to us, the audience, because of how like poorly he was handling. Yeah, how how dumb he was being. Yeah. Which I guess if you want, if you do want to argue that these movies just shouldn't have that much comedy, period, that's fair. that's fine. But yeah, like what you've been saying, I've heard that um, in the past a lot of the complaint is that it's placed poorly and that it undercuts important stuff. And I don't think it did in this one. I, I feel like that just comes from the characters that are in the movies because a lot of that I feel like comes from characters like Tony Stark and yeah. Rocket Raccoon. That's and, what they say. And um, Sam Wilson, like mm-hmm. those are kind of characters that. Are, are quippy because they think they're cool. Yeah. Well, and, people will say that. And just want to kind of be quippy. Obviously, Iron Man was the first one, and because Iron Man did so well. Because the thing is, Iron Man in Iron Man 1, Tony Stark, as as portrayed by Robert Downey Jr., he's much, much, much more quippy and, and funny and stuff than he is in the, in the comics. Movie. In the comics, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to add. In the comics, he's much more stoic and... And alcoholic. He, that, yeah, they deal with that a lot more. He's, he's a lot more grounded. He's not nearly as quippy. And people say that they took that, and that worked well, even though it was a bit of a departure. And then from then on, they just, the default MCU character has a bit of quip in him. Yeah. Um, but again, I, don't, I mean, there is still this, right? Black Widow has always been one of the more quick-witted ones. Yeah, she's usually kind of, she's pretty smart. I mean, she is pretty smart. Yeah, so she'd be good with jokes, and she does do a little bit of that in this one. But I will say the funniest characters were Red Guardian, and he would be doing it inadvertently, though, like we were saying. A lot of his jokes came from... Him just being dumb. Him being dumb and not, like, reading the, the situation very well. And him being a dumb right? meathead. Like, I think maybe the laugh that got the biggest, or the joke, rather, that got the biggest laugh in our theater was maybe when um they were, like, telling him how, like, he was being shitty, essentially. They were like, what, 
you just see us now and you want to talk about you or whatever and then he's telling them how proud he is of them and like how he only wanted them to be as good as they could and they were because Yolanda became a world class assassin and Natasha and, like, became Natasha an Avenger. Avenger and he's like you guys you've killed so oh, many people oh god so many people are dead because of you you're in your 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 ledgers have to be absolutely dripping with blood just soaked with blood yeah which is like a that's a recurring uh thing for Black sort Widow. of little metaphor that they've been talking about I think is it talking about an Endgame and it's definitely in uh yeah the first Avengers it comes up a couple of times yeah in in it comes up in the first Avengers for the uh, first time when Loki's like you can't you think saving Hawkeye is gonna clear the red out of your ledger you've killed way too many people for that and then in in her final scene there in endgame she's like oh, i'm gonna do this to, to clear some of the red right yeah and so then to have him be like i'm so proud of you because you killed so many people and like, there's so much red in your ledger it's beautiful it's me. funny because yeah we know that's something that she's not proud of in the slightest but he's like oh that's great because she's a dumb meathead who's in prison for most of his life and then Yolanda. Yolanda was very funny. Really funny. She was very funny. I will say. I would say she was more intentionally funny because yeah, she was she funny was because she of, was she was pretty quippy. But she's a kind of but it makes more sense because she's talking to her sister. Well, so I she's say, kind of getting at yeah, her sibling. I wanted to say about that. Like first of all, I think yeah, I think just Yolanda as a character generally was great. I think Florence Pugh did a great job. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I told you after we'd seen it. I was worried going into this that she was going to be just, and I was pretty much just like, thought this is what it would be, that she was just going to be a, uh, just like a Black Widow light. She was just going to be pretty much the same character yeah. as Natasha Romanoff, Black, you know, the Scarlett Johansson Black Widow in these movies, so that when they inevitably slotted her in, it would be almost no difference. Yeah, and I was seamless. Yeah, and I would say I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I was happy to be wrong in this case. Because she is, she's definitely different. She's not obviously like, you know, obviously skill-wise and, like, stuff, she's the same, like, practically what her abilities and whatnot are is obviously very similar. But personality-wise, she's definitely different. And I will say maybe even more enjoyable to watch. Um, I was, yeah, I'm happy they gave her a lot to do. Yeah. Florence Pugh is a great actress, and they, they clearly let her spin her wheels a bit on this with the comedy and stuff, and, and they just gave her stuff to do. And obviously this movie does have a lot of heart. Is that, like, sisterly love going on? Yeah. That's pervasive throughout the whole thing. So, yeah, she's great. She's hilarious. Other than maybe, yeah, David Arbor, she she was getting the most laughs. Definitely in our theater. Real funny. Yeah, I I thought she was great. I always like, I feel like they're doing it more now in the Marvel movies, where they're kind of calling out the superhero stuff that's going on, like, in, like, a meta way. Yeah. Like, especially in this movie, um, when um, Yolanda, like, just calls out Black Widow's landing stand. Yeah. It's like, good. you're doing that thing with your hair, and then she does it in the movie, and she's like, God, Hilarious. I, hate, I hate that I did yeah, that. Like, that was gross. a good re- recurring joke. Is it? She's really funny, and I'm so I'm glad now. Um, I, again, I was happy to be wrong about this. So I'm I'm excited to see her continue in the MCU. I would assume she's going to be around for probably years and years to come here. Oh yeah. So yeah, she was great. Happy to have her. Um, honestly, like no offense to Scarlett Johansson or anything, but I think, like I said, she might be more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, maybe than than that version. So I'm happy to have her around for a while more. Again, I I was disappointed that Blackwood was gonna go, and I was kind of hoping that maybe Scarlett Johansson, the you know the Natasha Romanoff iteration of the character, was gonna pull off some way to return in this one. Um, That's unlikely. But no, it's not how it went. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess so. Then we should we could just have to pivot in, unless you have any more general thoughts about the movie just general? about the movie just generally. Um, just I didn't really have a villain. I guess I yeah, was I guess so. weirdly. 
but the anyway. villain, like the the real villain, isn't revealed or like actually shown until like, like the third act. Yeah, and then he just dies. He's just killed. And then I I will say I was kind of like I don't know. Hopefully this doesn't sound too weird to say. But I'm kind of glad they did just kill him, because I was worried we were going to come around to, like, a whole, like... He keeps coming back. Oh, not even that so much as just the, like, they were going to be, you know, reserved about it and just pull the whole, like, I can't, I can't kill you. If I kill you, I'm no better than you. No, they just straight up killed him. Because that's personally a trope that I find usually pretty tiresome. Because usually... Especially in the context of a character like Black Widow, who... Kills people. All the people in this, yeah, all three, four of them, killed plenty of dudes in this. Who were oh, yeah. who were causing him golf, right? Nameless dudes. Nameless dudes, and it's always a weird thing. It's always a weird trope to me in in any media when that's a thing. It's, like video games is maybe the worst one of it because in video games you're personally killing so many dudes, and then you get to the boss, and your character will want to be like, "I can't if I if I kill you, I'm no better than you." It's like, no, but this is the actual bad guy. You were happy to kill a bunch of goons. It's this like, guy's actually just it's straight a, up evil. It's really, just like Last of Us Two. Last of yeah, Us Two is that kind of issue. Into that. But, so yeah, I was happy that. Black Widow, again, being a, a, a trained killer and all, they just killed him. Yeah, straight um, up. I was, yeah, like I said, I would have found it tiresome if they did the whole, like, if I kill you, I'm no better than you. Because he really is just evil and needed to probably Unabashedly be evil. Yeah. And the stuff he was doing, like, I will, I guess we could mention that, like, and this is kind of, again, where I agree that they didn't really go deep go enough. into deep of this as they could but that that stuff in the beginning like is really pretty heavy when they're having that conversation about the black widow program and like what it is essentially just taking children vulnerable children from across the world and just making them making them into yeah, weapons. weapons exactly and she when she says maybe one in 20 survives the training and actually makes it so he's just going through scores and scores of children yeah only five percent of no them reason. actually succeed like insane yeah. So, like, he was just a pretty evil guy. Like, that is, again, so, it's weird to say because of, like, what some of the other villains have done, but that's some of the most, like, viscerally evil stuff we've ever heard of from yeah. an MCU villain. So, I'm happy that they just got his ass. Got rid of him. And, yeah. And then he turns his daughter into, like, a weird machine killer. Yeah, that's killer. no good. Oh, I will say that. I mentioned, I thought that was interesting, is that at the end, when he's, like, being ushered away by all his guards and he's trying to escape, he feels that his ring's missing, which Black Buddha's using to, you know, get into the thing. That's when he's like, he feels this ring, and he's like, oh, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. We, we gotta go back. It, it's not to save his daughter or anything. It's to get his fucking ring. Yeah, you get the ring that hacks into the computer to so, get us all this yeah, information. Yeah, he was just evil. He was just unabashedly evil. Also, they had him just beat up Scarlett Johansson for a minute. That was no good. Yeah. So, yeah. But then she got, then she really kicked the shit out of him, which yeah, was cathartic. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Because he's really no good at fighting himself. Yeah, he's just, I mean, it, I did understand, like, why they had it happen, because it just kind of shows the theme that, like, well, you don't, like, like how Scarlett Johansson kind of baits him into hitting yeah. her. She's like, well, you don't really have any power, mm -hmm. because you don't do anything. You just, you just train, you tell other people to break these young yeah. girls. He doesn't do any of it. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't train them. He doesn't, he doesn't pick them, hardly, it seems. He doesn't. He just sends he's the money. He's not good at fighting himself. Yeah, he's just the yeah exactly. He's kind of just the money man. He's just, he's, the, he's just upper management. Yeah, nickel and dime and all his fucking yeah. people. So yeah, if we're done with general thoughts, then I thought we could pivot into just touching on our our predictions of last week. So we were not right. Well, I will say I think some of them we got pretty close. So if you recall, Secret Avengers 
where I said, I think either at the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie, she's going to either, like, leave the Secret Avenger and be like, I gotta go do this, or she's going to meet up with them. And go find them. She didn't meet up with them directly, like, right? We didn't get Falcon or Cap or anything. But, but, the very last scene of the movie is her, getting is her in, the in, her, in Infinity War outfit, and she's getting the Quinjet, and she's like, I'm going to go break out the, the Secret Avengers. I don't know, man. It's pretty close if you ask me. That is I will pretty say, close. Now, I will say that was a pretty obvious one, right? Again, just based off the time for the movie, it kind of seems like that's how it had to go. Yeah. I will say, I did not see this coming, but that essentially the entirety of this movie, right, takes place technically during Civil War. Oh, 100%. So the very beginning picks off, well, not the very beginning as in like the flashback scene, but the first kind of modern day thing, that's clearly just very, very shortly after. The airport scene. Yeah, after. Because Taskmaster is watching the airport footage. Yeah. And they're it, learning. It's like new footage to yeah. get for him. Yeah. So that I was kind of surprised by. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Um, Because, yeah, she's just. She's clearly just started on the run. And then. Again, at the end, she's going to help break out Sam and, you know, whatever, to an extent, Scott and Clint with Cap, which is obviously a thing that we see happen at the very end of right. Civil War. So, yeah, it's never actually said in that movie, but it makes enough sense that that scene at the very end where he's breaking them out of prison is actually months or weeks after the the bulk of that movie. Um, and this slots in there. And so then, yeah, from this the, the end of this movie on, she's with the... Secret Avengers. Secret Avengers until Infinity War. So yeah, that was, you know, we again, we didn't actually get a, a Captain Sam America. Wilson or Captain America cameo, which was like the bulk of my prediction, but in spirit, we got it. Yeah. Budapest, actually, we got pretty close. Now, we didn't get what I said, which was like a cold open. The in cold Budapest? open was that flashback scene, sort of, if you could, it's not, it's not much of a traditional like spy cold open like I was describing, but yeah. so we didn't get that, but... That is, like, a kind of a, a big plot point, is that the whole Budapest mission was trying to kill the general guy, and, and it resulted in his daughter getting all fucked up, fucked up. and turning into Taskmaster. And Taskmaster. they obviously are in Budapest for a while. They're running around the city and stuff. Budapest. Um, whatever. And um, she's up in the, the... When they get up in the... Safe house? Safe house, and she's like, what are these from? Arrows? I think that's implied to be well, Hawkeye's arrows. Just Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. At first, I thought maybe it was Taskmaster's arrows because he's also got a, or she's also got a bow. But I think she used that yeah, bow because Hawkeye, Hawkeye just yeah, used I think so it. too. Um, and then like we're hiding up in those vents, and she's like, "Me and Hawkeye hit up there." And then we get that brief flashback scene where it's literally her and Hawkeye's on the radio, like literally Jeremy Renner Hawkeye. Um, so I don't know. We didn't. We again, the sort of <laughs> heart of that was that we get the actual full like some kind of sequence, like yeah. sequence with. Jeremy Renner, which, again, we did not, but... We got pretty close. Half points on that one, too. At least half. At least half a point. And then we do see him at the in the incredible Well, and then, scene. yeah. And then our other one was that somehow maybe it would be bookended by uh, a character in the modern day. Either Hawkeye or Yelana. Yelana in the modern day somehow meeting up with the other. And, again, we kind of got that. Um, kind of. Not in, this, in the way that I described, which I thought they were going to just which start am, on which good amicable. terms. Yeah. This is like, we get obviously uh, the Madame Hydra there, who's good telling Yolanda. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Like, oh, I hate the Midwest. Oh, I hate <laughs> it so much. She's like, you're going to have to go kill Hawkeye. So that's not quite what I was expecting. I thought they were going to be like, let's team up. 
Um, but that's close. Which I feel like, I don't really want to say, I'm going to call it, but I feel like I kind of know how the Hawkeye show is going to play out. I have a feeling. How's that? Well, because if Yolanda is definitely going to go for Hawkeye, I think that's going to be a plot point. Mm-hmm. And I think... Well, we know, like, the, I just, whatever. Spoiler, <laughs> I guess. But it's been rumored, or just confirmed maybe for, yeah, months now that... She's in it. She's gonna be in. Oh, we talked about that. She last was gonna week, be in. Yeah, we did. She was gonna be in Hawkeye. Yeah, clearly exactly. she just is. Yeah, one hundred percent. This this has confirmed that as well. She might through story. She might be in means. probably more than we thought because you know if confirmed yeah, could just be, be an main, episode or two because yeah. Rhodey is in Falcon. In, but he's only yeah. in there for an episode or two. Yeah, I I I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if she had a significant role because I this. think it'll be one of those things where it'll be a misunderstanding and she'll be like, "Well, you killed my well sister," and he'll be like, "Well, yeah. I would hope that it's the type of thing that's going to get remedied pretty quick." Personally, because so. like I said, I really like her character. I'm happy to have her, and I would think it'd be dumb. And I even said this to you after the post credit scene that I'm a bit iffy on that whole concept that we just did this whole movie but with a not. lot of growth and she, her her whole thing was that like she was so happy to be free and have her own free will again and not have to be a fucking killer and we see in the post credit scene turns that right five around. years later yeah that's all that's what she's doing again she's just being a, a trained killer again so I personally didn't love that and I yeah I do hope that in the Hawkeye series that's they move past that pretty quick, and they just kind of team up. Yeah. But we're just saying, I wonder when, if Hawkeye will start with Kate Bishop. If she will start the series with Hawkeye, or she will be recruited in, and, like, her and Yolanda will kind of become friends. Well. Because they're about the same I age. will say, just to, yeah, just to go off a little bit here, as well. What else we do here? Exactly. <laughs> um, Kate Bishop in the comics, I think I mentioned this last week, didn't I, that she's just called Hawkeye. Yeah, because she, um, Because Hawkeye's when she dead. starts, Hawkeye's dead. Right. And... In a manner of speaking, he's Ronin. I think that could still work. Yeah, he used to be Ronan. He's been Ronan for years, presumably. At least it could make up. It could make sense that she could take up the mantle of Hawkeye in his absence, and then after the events of Endgame, when his family's back and he's kind of more chill and not yeah, he's more people. chill and he's got he's kind of come. Yeah, he's a bit more grounded again, a bit more level headed. He'll kind of be like, murder, "What though. are you doing, being Hawkeye? Let's let's figure this out." And that's how they'll kind of meet. Yeah, because um, again. He is hasn't been dead, so it wouldn't really make sense to do it fully like that. But he has been kind of absent from the Hawkeye mantle. Now I think that he will just be Ronan. Now that you've said it, because because Black Widow and Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner and and um, Scarlett Johansson's have kind of a connection. They kind of team up more because they don't have any powers mm-hmm. and not superhuman or any way. Yeah. They don't and have obviously, any tech. so I I think that'll as we always keep talking about, and I feel like. Every time we talk about Marvel, so like, we'll just circle back till they fucking announce it. The Young Avengers. Yeah. I think it'll be very much the same way because all the other members of the Young Avengers that they've set up all will have abilities, superhuman abilities in some way. Yeah. So I think it will be very much the same if Kate and Yolanda form some sort of bond, friendship, or, you know, some kind mm-hmm. of bond as being the new Hawkeye and mm-hmm. um, Black Widow, respectively. Which I think would be interesting. Yeah. Do we have any idea how long the Hawkeye show is? I don't think so. I think it, I, it could be, I mean, I could be kind of six. Think, yeah, I don't think we've heard anything about that yet. But yeah, I think it'd be probably safe to say it's around the same length as the previous ones, right? Around six? Yeah. Seven episodes? Ten, maybe. Like yeah. Oh, Although they've all, been, they've all come in well under ten so far, so. Yeah, I think I don't think they're going to go over ten. Because they're all probably going to be half an hour to an hour long. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. And I guess, like, I guess we should have known that just based off of her being rumored to appear in it. But like, now that we know the context behind that, um, 
I suppose it'll be a little more worldly than I thought. Um, cause just I'm, and I will say I'm just totally going off the uh, some of the league set photos right now. But the vibe I got was very similar to the uh, the David. I want to say his name is David Aja. Matt Fraction run. Well, it's Matt Fraction is the writer, and David Aja was the artist right. from about six, seven years back. It's very, very well known. Er, relatively well known. It's very popular among people. Like it. it's, it's a bit of a cult hit, um, and it is known for like kind of reintroducing slash making Revamping. a lot of people like Hawkeye because Hawkeye is one of those guys who, for the longest time, was nobody's favorite character. Yeah, right? he's just a lame guy with a bow and arrow who wears that dumb purple right. mask. And so this comic is a. Um, it's very grounded. Like it's it's pretty small in scale. It's about him like. It's essentially the comic itself is about what he does in between being an Avenger. Because he's still an Avenger. And it, and so to just be like, when he's on the weekends and stuff, this is what he gets up to. And it's still like superhero-y stuff. But it's smaller in scope and stuff. Yeah, it's not like saving the world. And I kind of thought, again, this um, those some of those leaked set photos are very, very reminiscent of some of the stuff in that, in that book. Um, where he's hanging out with Kate Bishop and they've got the dog and stuff. Um, so that's kind of the vibe I got. Although it works, it doesn't really work for... The MCU incarnation of Hawkeye, where he's right. like a middle-aged dude with a wife and family, because you know part of the whole thing in the comics is that he's like a bachelor. Yeah, he doesn't have any family. Yeah, and that's kind of like a, a sticking point for him is that he's not very responsible and he's always having trouble with relationships and pushing people away and all that. You know, all that kind of. And this one is almost the opposite. He's, he's yeah. kind of the grounded one. So in Age of Ultron, it's a pretty big thing that he's the one who's grounded yeah. and keeps I guess all that should together. have showed to me that that's probably not going to happen. But again, especially the inclusion of like a character like Black Widow here now, being into it, um, it's probably going to be a little larger in scope than that. Even if it touches on some of that, just in the same way that a lot of these MCU um, or the Disney Plus shows, I should say in particular, have done, um, they seem to be a lot more uh, sort of comic. Um, inspired than uh, a lot of the more recent MCU movies in particular, right. which have kind of got to a point where they can just they can draw vague inspiration, but in a lot of ways just kind of do whatever they want with some vague comic story undertones. Like probably yeah. Ragnarok's a good example of that, which like it does a little bit of Planet Hulk, it does a little bit yeah. of like certain Ragnarok storylines, but none of them completely. It's basically its own thing. Whereas. Yeah. Not that these aren't that. But much, I love a thunder. Probably it's just gonna be the same way. Cause right, they're, they're kind of doing so. the mighty Thor. Kind of, and they're kind of doing Odinson stuff. The you know the he's with the when you say mighty Thor. Do you mean like the? I mean Jane Foster, the character. Lady Thor. Yes. run, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, I can't imagine it's gonna do any of it totally. Yeah, I mean technically, and not that the shows did that either. But like, WandaVision drew from a few different like. Well, there is literally a Wanda or a Scarlet Witch in the Vision comic, but also the. The Vision comic where he's like living in a suburban town. city. That that's that kind of thing and, and stuff like that. I can't think of any off the top of my head for for either. Falcon and Winter Soldier. But with this new Loki stuff, they've taken some just a just a tiny little tidbit from the President Loki little miniseries, stuff like that. Very small. Um, so I will say that I think the Hawkeye show is gonna still draw from that. If nothing else, again, just from those the imagery that as we saw in those leaked photos looks pretty close to it, but Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> I won't be editing this podcast. Hawkeye is, um, he appears as a picture at the end. Good on so him. A very know, high quality photo. It's a good looking photo. Of his whole body. In the Ronin outfit, too. So, I don't know how they get that. That's when he was being sneaky and killing Yakuza. Who was out there taking pictures of him then? Hydra people, I guess. The Hydra photographer they got on standby going, Lick. Again, I think half credit on that one as well. 
I think that's three half credits so far. On that's our one and a half credits. Now, what I will say, we did not have, and again, this was like a kind of pipe dream one. Long shot prediction. Long shot prediction was that we're going to somehow, it's going to, there's going to be a bit of a stinger at the end, or the post credits or something, that um, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow will somehow return. We got nothing. Nothing suggesting. No. I've seen the director say it's probably. Yeah. Which is fine. Again, I kind of agreed, and especially, like I said, after seeing how much I liked Yelena, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm happy for her to take up the mantle. And that's what had they had been saying for months and months, is that this is a bit of a passing of the torch, and the post credit scene we did get definitely says that. I mean, she's literally at a grave being like, all right, I guess I'm you now. <laughs> Real sad. shouldn't say that, but that's kind of the vibe yeah. um, for us as the viewers, at least. So, that one, we get zero credit on. Um, but the other ones, I will say, got pretty close. And again, not, not I, I don't think any of those were, like, precognizant on my part. <laughs> that was just... Again, just based off the context and the setting of this movie and stuff, those kind of seemed obvious, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. Let's see. Did I have anything else in my notes that I wanted to touch on? And just, just in Black Widow in general? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this this will be fun just to leave it on. Um, when we were watching the movie, I whispered to you at one point that there was a continuity error. Yes, what was that? Um, so in the very beginning, after they do the little high thing and they escape and they get to Cuba, um, and then they pick them up from Cuba... Um, and then they have their whole little tussle where she's like, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you all! I'll kill all of you! Yeah, Which she I love. Nuts. I thought that was real good. I loved really intense little... She kicks him in the hand man. and he takes his yeah. gun. I'll, I'll, I will shoot every one of you! Stay back! Stay back. Um, and then he, like, calms them down. And, and they, they get, sedate her. Yeah, they get sedated and thrown in the in that helicopter or whatever. Uh, the, the villain guy, the general dude, is like, what's her name again? And he says Natasha. And in, in the whole rest of the movie, everyone calls her Natasha, right? In the comics, and... I thought, at least in the MCU, her Russian name is not Natasha. Natasha. Her Russian name is Natalia, and oh, Natasha yeah. is like the English the Angli- Anglicization. Is that it? It's like know. the more Americanized, easier to say version, I guess. I don't see it to me. I don't. See, I I didn't know that like Natasha was English for Natalia. Not, yeah, um, they seem almost the they're same. They're pretty similar to me. Yeah, I never yeah. got it, but. So, and you might, you might say to me, Zach, you might be saying, well, now, if you were just basing off the comics, you you're just being a bit idiot. of a nerd. You're just being an idiot, all right? You, Clearly, in the MCU, she's just called Natasha the whole time, and that's fine. Because, yeah. like we said, they're kind of indistinguishable. I don't get it, personally, why you would change your name from Natalia to Natasha, Natasha. to sound less Russian, but whatever. whatever. And I raised to you, Jack, in that same scene I referenced earlier, in, fa- in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when they're down in the bunker... And they're talking to Robot Zola. He, like, scans them both, remember? And, and he breaks them, he's like, Roger, Stephen, A, or whatever the fuck. And he calls her Romanov Natalia Alyanovna. Or something to that effect. Yeah. So, I he says her birth name is Natalia Romanov. Romanov. Not or Natasha Romanovna Romanov. or something. Not Natasha. Because Natasha... And I will say, the reason this stands out so vividly to me is because I've seen that... Mo- I've probably watched that movie on repeat more than any of the MCU movies. I love it. Very, very much. It's a very good movie. And I will say it's probably one of the reasons this movie was pretty a bit of a hit with me, because it's got a very similar vibe, and that there's, like, some superhero stuff going on, but it's a, little, a lot more muted, right? It's a lot more kind of grounded. Yeah. But it always stood out to me until the one time I finally looked it up, and I was like, why does he call her Natalia? And that's the explanation, is that Natalia was her, like, Russian, quote-unquote, birth name, and then when she came to America, she changed it to be Natasha, and obviously dropped all a lot of the Russian... So they extendedness to her name or whatever. They wouldn't be uh, suspected. And so, um, 
Bit of a Kanye there, that's all. Well, you got name, we'll call all the Russians right in now. this movie should call her Natalia, and they don't. They call her Natasha, and they're cowards. They, they probably said, like, it'd be weird if everyone called her Natalia this whole movie, because everyone's always called her Natasha, so we don't want to confuse people, and for that, they are cowards. And then that, we rank this movie, oh, zero out of ten. Yeah, for that, and for that, I'm out. <laughs> um, but no, good movie. I agree. So at I, that, think, I think it covers it, though, right? So we're going to act yeah. attack into Loki? Yes, which... Honestly, I'll start mm-hmm. disappointed. I kind of, Jack, I got to agree. I was expecting a lot, mostly because I, I thought maybe, I was spoiled. Yeah, and maybe that's like... Maybe that's on us. Maybe that's on us. Because I, I did a little bit of WandaVision on myself. Because on WandaVision, mm-hmm. I got so swept up in the, it's John Krasinski, Mr. Fantastic, it's <laughs> Mephisto, it's Wonder Man, it's the De- Green Reaper or whatever the hell. Yep. And then it wasn't, I was like, oh, man, I don't know, is it even any good? Because I really thought that they were just going to show Kang. It was going to be like, oh, it's Kang. There he is. Look, mm-hmm. Just like I said last week, I was like, I'm going to be right. I'm going to say it on the podcast. I go, yes, I was right. And I, th- I still think that could be forthcoming. Because but- he might be in that castle, but I was like, Because there was a, a very specific point, I remember, in the episode where I was like, are they going to do it? When, um, what the fuck is her name? Sylvie? Sylvie. Nope. The oh. judge lady. Oh. Uh, Volvo? Judge Ryan something. They call Reinholds? That? Rhineland, Rhineland lady. We're no good at names today, are we? God, we're no good at names ever. It's like almost 1 a.m. It's a little late. Yeah, we're a little late. We're getting a little loopy. Uh, Zach will cut that out, though. Right, Zach? Maybe. Nah, good on you. Um, anyway, the scene where she talks to B12 or whatever the hell her name is. Sure. Uh, I thought, oh, she's going to, she's like, oh, leave us. I thought she was going to open a thing and Kang was going to be like, it's me, Kang. I've been controlling it the whole time. But she also doesn't know. And I'm almost like, we only have one episode left, and they're just going to reveal the villain and then be done with him in one episode? I don't See, really man, like that. I don't know if I totally agree with that, like, presumption there. It's because the way we, when we talked about this a couple times, or last week when we, we discussed this, is we do know, we don't know that Kang is going to be in this yet still, right? That's still true. Still a bit in flux. We do know, however, that Kang the Conqueror is going to be the villain of Ant-Man 3. Ant-Man 3, like we talked about. And so our little thing that we said there, right, is that he can't be totally defeated. He's going to somehow escape in such a way. Obviously, they could still dismantle like the Time Variance Authority and, and, and take care of that specifically. But he's going to have to just escape to the winds, right? To, to yeah. come back again. And to assume the quantum realm. Yeah. High. And so, in some ways, and I think I kind of mentioned this, I said a similar type thing last week, is that like this is almost just going to be an introduction to him. The way you say that, because it would be weird to just introduce him. But Kang is not so iconic that most people watching this will know. The reveal of Kang isn't going to be much of a reveal, if that makes sense. Obviously, it will to well, us. But to other people, it's it's kind of like the Thanos reveal I at the end of the Avengers. I was literally just going to say that. nothing. It's practically just it's, nonsense. Because uh, I, I, I remember when I was in the theater in 2012, and I saw him turn his head, and I saw his chin, and I looked at my brother, and I went, holy shit. That's Thanos. They're gonna do Thanos. Yeah. And I was very excited. And I went, what the hell are you even talking about? Right. So, I agree. I think... It's, so, it's honestly... It can't be much of a reveal. A reveal and just like, it's Thanos, it's what you've... Or, sorry, it's Kang. It's what you've it's always what you've won. wanted. We did it, guys. Because no one's gonna feel that way. It, in a lot of ways, it is just gonna be like a, here's Kang, they're probably gonna have to explain to us who Kang is, and then yeah. he's gonna escape again to come back. So, which I don't, which I, I don't like about this episode, is that it just shows that the judge lady also doesn't know what the fuck is going on, which I was like, eh, because in the comics... She is like a love. She's like directly connected to Kang and like oh, helps yeah. him. 
and is like, is his love interest or something. So I was like, oh, if she is in on it because she's so high ranking, but if she doesn't know, then it's like, well, they all don't know. Somebody, there's gotta be, like, somebody in the TVA has to know it's fake just to keep everybody, like, in or the dark. They? I guess well, they don't. Does it almost work, but maybe it works best that they all think it's real and that they're just that the secret could never get out because they're it's all almost, convinced. Now, not to jump into this, not to set you off, it's almost like the story in the Stormlight Archives oh, with gosh. the Emperor. Yes. And that's all we'll say about it. <laughs> that is the thing. There's this little... Yes. In a book series that Zach really likes that he's told me all about that I won't read now because he just told me everything <laughs> by Brandon Sanderson. Well, should... I guess... Okay, I'll do a quick version of it. I'll yeah, just do a quick if, version. If I, if I go too in, I'll just cut it all out. But basically, no, the story is that group of travelers in a ship and they're trying to sail to a distant land and they they get shipwrecked and they wash upon this island and on this island everything seems nice they seem like this really peaceful kind people one of the first days they're there someone like i think like trips and and drops some glasses and breaks them and the other people there turn on her immediately and brutally murder her the sailors are understandably shocked and they're like what the hell was that? Why'd you do that? And they're like, just nonchalantly, just matter of fact, well, it's what we got to do around here. The emperor, emperor doesn't does not tolerate failure. Yeah. And this goes on for a couple weeks until the sailors, who are from more enlightened parts of the world, get fed up and they're like, this is bullshit. No good emperor would do this. You people are clearly like, you don't want to be doing this. You clearly are naturally kind. This is no good. We're going to put a stop to this. And they march up to the you. emperor's palace. They get their swords and they march up to the palace. And then like shortly thereafter, they return with... The withered, desiccated corpse of the Emperor, and who has been dead, clearly, for years. And then, after that, the island devolves into chaos, and, and everyone starts, like, wailing and losing their minds. And as they flee, they bring one of them with them, who asks to come with them, and, and they're like, man, this is crazy, what happened? And she explains to them that the people are, like, not angry that the Emperor is dead because they liked him so much. What they're freaking out over is that if the Emperor had been dead all those years then those deaths are on them are on them completely not, without not, unequivocally yeah, on unequivocally him. they can't they can't place the blame on his feet anymore because he wasn't even alive yeah so yeah i kind of go to me it's a similar type of thing like if you have this you know if everyone just buys into it just whole wholly right yeah no one questions it then this machine just kind of runs itself until the illusion is broken yeah so yeah that is a bit of a good analogy jack so, i'll look yeah, at me if, analogy I, man if Kang rolled up and everyone knew Kang, they're like, it, it was actually me, the time... What Keeper. The, the timekeepers weren't real. It was just me all along. Everyone would be like, what the hell? But as is, when they just maintain the illusion, no one thinks twice about it. Yeah. Until it's... And it will say... You said in the comics, the, the judge lady is more... I, I'm not familiar with her at all. She's, I'm not familiar with her either, but she's not She's not part of the TVA. She's okay. just... That's a different... Uh, she's so just she's, part of Kang. She's just part of Kang. Yeah, Kang's thing. Whereas in... The MCU here, obviously, the, the version we've gotten in Loki, we know that everyone in the TVA was a at variant. one point a variant, or deemed a variant by whoever. Kang, I guess. Kang, presumably. Yeah, I guess. Because um, we know that she didn't start at that position. She worked her way up. She was once one of the... Uh, the like, one uh, of the enforcer people? Enforcer, one of the little guards, yeah. yeah. Grunts. Who, and she was the one who got Sylvie way back when. So, if that... If that is, like, the case, then I guess she would have just started as a variant herself that was unwill- unwittingly, like, kidnapped Stolen. And, and pressed into the service there. See, so it, it kind of makes sense that she wouldn't really My know. thing is, what does Kang want if he's at yeah. the end? Or if it's not Kang, I mean, 
I hate to say that it has to be Kang. Right. We're kind of, it's a bit of a foregone conclusion yeah. for us at this point. But and, I, I and, I, and I feel for most people. If, I agree. if people know Kang, obviously, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know that much about Kang. I just know a lot because I just kind of look for it and well, I, I guess, find it. Let me put it like this. What would be worse or more like weird for them to do is to have the reveal be Kang, which is a reveal some people would get and some people wouldn't, and then explain it and then have him be a comic character who's come to the movies and will be a, a presence in the MCU. Or to just be no one of, of his no. significance. Yeah, that'd be, I think that'd be dumb. That'd be dumb, right? So like, I think it makes more even if Even if it doesn't make total sense or like, yeah. At the moment. Not, it's not the most fulfilling thing in the world to just be like, it's Kang, a character you guys don't know yet. That's still better than, yeah, if it was just no one, right? So I think it's a pretty safe bet that it would be Kang. He's time-based. That's always been his thing. It's a time-based thing. Like, and he travels throughout time. He yeah, conquers I worlds. I think it's pretty He talks to Doctor Doom for a little bit. Yeah, it'd be weird if it wasn't. We feel like dummies. But for now, I think we can go off the Off the, the, the yeah, foregone conclusion that it is Kang. And I think it's kind of smart from introduce because he jumps through time. So he can appear yeah. literally anywhere they want him to. Right. And he'll make sense because he's kind of weird. above it them. It produces that, that impossible to plug like hole of time travel. It, whenever you put that in fiction of like, if Kang has these grand plans... Why wouldn't he just time travel to whatever before the Avengers just or before if if he can time travel, he should be able to see that Loki's gonna stop his plans. Why doesn't he go back in time and kill that Loki before he can even like Yeah, why does he, he do that forever? Why doesn't he take Loki out of his equation? Yeah. If he exists outside of space time, why does he wait for Loki to appear to, to appear? Him. Like that's it's weird, but you can't really think about it too yeah. much. But you're saying you asked really what you think like his goals are? Yes. Because I, I guess specifically, I don't know, but I think this would tie back to what I said, like, whenever, the first couple episodes at some point, about what the TVA were when it was still kind of iffy if they were evil. They, we obviously know how they... Are. If they're not, like, the individuals, the organization itself is clearly just Nefarious. the bad guys. Yeah. Um, But I was saying, like, I think the whole sacred timeline stuff is obviously nonsense. And it's not sacred, it's just somehow a time... It's a timeline where something happens that they... Whoever the, you know, the nebulous they were at the time, what they want, right? Yeah. So, clearly, Kang has just built this whole organization to keep whatever grand plan he has on track. So that this one timeline that he wants, where the good stuff will happen, which whatever that will be for him, comes to fruition. And everything that could branch off and threaten that is is immediately destroyed. Now, what I think is interesting... Now... We didn't, we totally, I'm going to say this on a podcast. You can just cut it out. Mm. We did not watch the Wood of trailer before we started recording, which we meant to. Did you watch it? I watched it. Um, Do you want to watch it right? We can, I could pause it. We could just pause the episode. Or you could watch it right now live and cut it out. We can do that. I will say, I think. Do you want I me to pause the episode? I can probably pause sure, it. Sure, let's do it. Pause. All right, I'll do it. And we're back. Uh, we can pause right, it real so quick. Let's watch the Wood of trailer for the first time. What do you think? Uh, pretty good. There's not a lot in there. Um, Right? Like. It's a lot of scenes from clearly, and because it's an anthology series, like each one of those little clips could obviously be from a different episode. Um, we know a good number of, or at least rumored or whatever, of what some of the what ifs are going to be, right? Um, and that showed a lot of them. Um, well, why, like why, if, why I wanted to watch it not to yeah. cut you off? Sorry, but well, no, I think we'll circle back to this. Yeah, uh, is that I think that what if and Loki directly are going to flow into each other. Because with the breaking of the sacred timeline, it's going to cause Awatu to start to see all the branches start to split oh. off. Because, so you think... Because 
that's because that's what's gonna happen because there's no TV to stop all these right. timelines from playing out. So they're just gonna play out on their own, and then they're gonna build in the multiverse of madness because there's all those realities to pull from. That's so. You I think, think what if it's gonna be canon? Yes, because I had always been on, and I, obviously we had no way of knowing until now. But obviously under the assumption that uh, it was just gonna be, you know, an, a, a non-canon sort of anthology series that would just be a fun little look. Yeah. But yeah, I, with what you described, it could technically fit in. And I guess it was always kind of canon in the sense that, like, well, these are alternate universes which, in a way, exist within the universe, Verse, but you know, within, within not, the cosmos. Yeah, not in. Not and canon. what really ties in for me even more besides the fact that Loki deals directly with time and branching pathways is that opening scene that I point out when we were watching it um, to Zach is Dr. Strange walks into a room and the ancient one is talking and she's like talking about time and he uses the time stone and like gets back in his suit when he was a doc when he's like an actual doctor and then like a bunch of symbols fall and he falls through a vortex and there's a scene in the trailer where he's like shooting lasers out and I think that this anthology is going to be Doctor Strange and Owatu watching them all. Like, I think Owatu is going to be with Doctor Strange, and they're going to sit outside of these and watch, maybe even be part of them, and something something like that may happen. I will say. Um, and that, and uh, again, to tie back to Mother vs. Madness, I could show up a second time, put a little counter up, um, that'll tie in, because then he'll know. He'll know about the he'll know about the multiverse, sure, and he'll be like Wanda. We gotta go and grab Wanda, or and he'll be in Spider Man. So like all these things, kind of connect into each other. I was just gonna say that yeah, I I, I totally see that as being a, a potential way that could go. I I was gonna just gonna say that in the comics, Doctor Strange has always been kind of on a plane above everybody else. else. Not that he's like all powerful above them necessarily. He's very powerful, but like when it comes down to like the fights. He's pretty comparable to a lot of characters, but he just yeah, knows as everything. far as insight and like knowledge, he's yeah he's always been on a plane above. And there's actually a good number of I, I can think of at least one. I want to say in the Civil War comic, at one point he talks to Owatu, and Owatu's like, "Why are you why are you sending this one out, Doctor Strange? It's the Civil War. So you should be fighting the Civil War." And he's like, "Can't I know too much? I, I can see how this is going to end, and I can't. I'm not allowed to interfere, kind of thing." Yeah, he's always about that. In um, I mean, he's the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, in sixteen twelve, which is a comic that I very much love. Yeah, we've talked. He's a big future scene guy in that. It's a whole thing. Yeah, so like, Doctor Strange is always because of him being all mystical and stuff. He's kind of a bit out there, and like, it's a, a step beyond even like other yeah powerful Marvel characters. So I oh, could yeah. totally see that happening. So he actually is going to be maybe present and somehow observing these two. Yeah. Um, so I guess. You want to say anything about Loki specifically? Uh, I like to talk about the Lokis. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. I thought the boastful Loki was not very interesting. I was disappointed by him because I was really hoping we'd see him use that hammer. But it never does. He it, just, doesn't, he just, it may have well just been a hammer. It yeah. Does, it does. Yeah, it's it's unremarkable entirely. It's like it, we, it doesn't even seem to um, actually have been a version of Mjolnir or anything. I thought. They did everything I'd ever want them to do alligator Loki because. Yeah, he just was there. Because he can. There. Tom Hiddleston immediately goes, what the hell is an alligator yeah. doing here? Why are you with it? And they're like, oh, it's a Loki. Clearly, look at his helmet. Yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson good. even goes, how do you know it's a Loki? It could be lying. But that makes it even more, that makes it yeah, even it more lucky that it's a Loki. Loki. Um, and that uh, classic Loki, but Robert E. Grant, just understands Richard. him. Richard. You did that last week as well. His name's Fuck. Richard E. Grant. Cut it. Fuck. Cut it <laughs> out. Cut it all out. Not this. Not my exasper. Oh, maybe cut it out. I clipped real bad. All right. Uh, 
whatever you're writing, I don't care what you do. I say I do care, but anyway, <laughs> that he understands Loki, that he understands Croc Loki or Alligator Loki, and is like, oh, he's saying this, and he gives him yeah, wine. He's got a little kiddie pool that's swimming. He bites on him for a minute, and they got to throw him back into the kiddie pool. Yeah, he bites off President Loki's hand. Just bite off President, which Loki's is very, hand. which is really funny. I gotta say. Yeah, I will say I did like that little scene. Um, although it kind of came out of it kind of came out a little suddenly, which there in that scene, and then, like, and I think this was kind of part of the point, is that you weren't supposed to really understand, like, everything going on. Um, you were just kind of supposed to get the broad strokes of, like, it's just, like, Lokis betraying each other back-to-back. Yeah, just back and forth, just being just a Lokis to Lokis, each other. Like, I betrayed the other two Lokis for you, and then, but then President Loki's like, actually, we were betraying you the whole time, but then they were betraying him the whole time, and so, and then, our, our Loki, right? The, the, the main Loki, He's like, he's very like tired of this. At that point, he's like, "This is a bit, this is a bit, bit overdone." He's, we, I get it. Like, he's gosh, seen, can you guys just not for a second? I mean, even um, Richard E. Grant and Kid Loki, classic and Kid Loki, are like, uh-huh. "God, I'm so tired of this." Like, we can't try to be better because the universe yeah. won't let us. That was an interesting, so, yeah, that was an interesting sort of a uh, little kind of tidbit we did get. Now is that, uh, yeah, I guess like whoever it is has been deliberately stopping Lokis from being just kind of good. Yeah. Um, because I guess that disrupts things. Because once a Loki decides to just be a good guy, you know, a hero, he's powerful enough. And they, they do touch on that in this episode as well, where he Loki's like, I think it might be we're more powerful than we like realize that Loki could be like, yeah, an immense force for good. And if if it is really is Kang or some other villain who's who's behind all this and Again, the TVA is just a front for him to try to weed out power potentially, yeah, threatening threatening things. individuals. Then it would make sense that every time a Loki's like, I think I'm going to be good now, he would just get rid of him because he's like, why well, can't I have Loki stopping me? Yeah, because yeah, it's almost like because he dies after he the yeah. point the point he dies, I think, is a very with that theory, which is a very guy and yeah. thought about it really ties into that because of when he dies, he yeah. dies right as Infinity War Pretty begins, much as, as soon as and he's come good. It becomes good, and right as Thor becomes more powerful. Uh-huh. Thor becomes more powerful, and then he forges a new thing. So if Loki stayed alive into Infinity War, Thor still would have gotten Stormbreaker, but then we have a Thor that has more control over his powers, and Oak in the Bifrost, and a Loki on his side, who's magic. Yeah. So you've got two sides of a coin that should always be fighting just to yeah. keep him at bay. So it's like, well, I gotta get rid of them, because they can't stick around. Which is why it's interesting that he lets classic Loki live because classic Loki says he leaves and lives alone as a hermit on a, a deserted planet for many years yeah, until he decides. He's to... like, "Well, I'm I I'm just lonely." Yeah, B- but that so that means that they can be good. They just can they just have to be neutral. Yeah, they can be bad or neutral, but once they start working, not bad, they go hold on. Now. Yeah, essentially, as, he, as soon as he decides to rejoin the universe or whatever, they're like, "Hold on, wait a minute, room. don't do that." I will say. As much as that story was interesting and insightful and, and good, I found classic Loki a little disappointing. Just in that he was just he was just Loki, right? Like yeah. he was just kind of the same Tom Hiddleston version we've always had, just old, like kind of. But again, the fact that he's literally is like, yeah, my life was the same, literally up through the point Ragnarok. that you saw. Yeah, he, I did all the movies. I did all the movies up, in, or I guess Infinity War. Yeah, I did all the movies up to the beginning of Infinity War, and then I like pieced out of that movie, but. He literally, he literally says something like that, right? Like, yeah, my life was the same as yours up through then. 
So I was kind of like, why was he dressed up like comic book Loki? Maybe he came from a universe where they all just are wearing traditional, yeah, like, they're comic, dumb their comic, classic comic book which outfits. Be, which kind of funny. Fun. Um, or I guess in his old age, he's like, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna get weird with it. I don't know. But I was kind of, I was somewhat disappointed by that. Um, Kid Loki's a little interesting. He's got something going on. Obviously, his thing that like he, as a child, killed actually Thor. just killed Thor. That's that is that's pretty. Which is interesting. Actually, almost kind of goes. He's must have been what pruned immediately because he kind of does biz, is too evil too early. He's like, well, maybe yeah. you jump the gun a little bit. You can't kill Thor yet. You're supposed to be He's tight with him for a while. Yeah, you're, it's supposed to be like tragic and Shakespearean. If you just kill Thor, that, as that a doesn't kid, work. You can't do that. Doesn't work. That's not, you're not supposed to do that. That's I mean, it's also fair. it's kind of weird the way his guardians work. Like I don't know, you know, it'd be hard to tell how old he really was because like a kid Loki could be like six hundred yeah. or something. Because Thor um, is like fifteen hundred and he's like around or, twenty. Or I guess for all we know, they like they age up to being like an adult like we do at like twenty. And, and then, then they just, just stay at and twenty then for three thousand years, kind of like a invincible Viltrum thing, where like, well, sure. as we get older, we age slower. Yeah. So like, as the years go on, there's more and more time between. Well, them. whatever. He was interesting. Again, I guess, like you said, Croc Loki. I guess he did just about everything you could expect. I didn't expect an alligator. Any, uh, yeah, I didn't expect. Or yeah, Gator Loki. I guess he's Gator. They did. They did specify he is a alligator. So I guess we should properly refer to him as. Also, we know his next Gator event Loki. is that he ate the wrong cat, which is yes. funny. Pretty good. It's pretty um, funny. Which well, means... Because I said this last week, right? That I was like... Or I asked you if Gator Loki is a comic character. And I, I speculated, you know, related to Frog. Frog? What do you say? Frog. 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 You just said the word frog. I just said the... I did just say the word frog. You actually. went, frog? Yes. Goodness. Well, he is um, a frog. <laughs> so, Frog, who's Frog Thor. Good um, on him. Who, as we talked about earlier, I don't know if people are familiar with this, but... um. Frog is not, as you might guess, a frog who got the powers of Thor and became Frog Thor, which sounds good to me. Frog Thor is a man who was turned into a frog, then received the powers of Thor. Ridiculous. Too I many, too many, too many steps. It's more cool if he was just a frog who became. That means he's just a good frog. He's just a great frog, isn't he? He's real good at being a frog, and they're like, you know what? You, you are worthy it. to be but, Thor. Um, He's he, in a jar. He makes an appearance in this episode, though. He's in a jar on the ground. He is in that, yeah, in that, like, panning shot where they, like, they're going down to the little underground bunker, and then you see that, that classic, like, in the in the ground, all the stuff buried. One of the things, they scroll past this little jar, and it's just got Throg in there. Topping around. He's just topping around. Also, there's a Thanos copter. There's a big helicopter that just has Thanos on it, which is Pretty funny. Which means, which means, canonically, I guess, they're just... In the MCU, Thanos just built a helicopter, and TV was like, hold on, stop that. Give yeah, us the helicopter. That. Give us a helicopter right now. Give it to me. Uh, no, it's very accurate as well, though, because it's not uh, like a fancy, like, space Chitauri-looking helicopter. A, it's like a one-person like news copter. Com- <laughs> like it is in that comic. It's just a plain-looking helicopter that it's, has the word Thanos painted on the side. It's so dumb. It looks it's just like It's the stupidest thing great. ever. And there's, very there's nowhere else. I know people were like make joking about it when Infinity War and Endgame was coming out. There's no. I don't think there's any better place in the MCU for it than this. Though. Than this at the end of time for like the, it's it's pretty perfect. Just a goofy yeah. Now, while I said I was disappointed about this episode because I feel like we kind of spin in place. One yeah. thing I did like is the end when the classic Loki sacrifices himself. Pretty good. And he makes the entire illusion of yeah. Asgard 
and and he like is dying and he like is crying. I, I, I I'll I'll honest. I got a little emotional when he's like glorious purpose because he spends yeah. the whole episode like fucking you and your you Loki's in your glorious purpose. I'm tired of hearing about. It. I'm old. I'm grizzled. I don't care. And then he's like, no, this is this was my purpose. Like I did something good and it was glorious. Like uh-huh. to free the timeline. I just thought that was nice. Yeah, it was, it was good. a nice sentiment. Like I said, I guess. Uh, I guess we again. I, what did I say? I mentioned this a couple weeks back when we were talking about the Bad Batch. But I suppose we can't get too mad at this for not progressing the main plot, even though we'd like it to, because we're towards the end and they, they kind of like are showing us a lot, and you, you, we expected it to really get moving. Um, can't complain too much. And WandaVision did a similar thing, where the second to last episode was a bit of a step back and was a lot of character stuff. Um, oh, I think Winter Soldier did that too. I think they've all done that. Yeah, they've all done it. So I guess can't complain too much. I don't Makes really. sense. So we got you know yeah. Loki. That that is more of like a, a tangible thing. Is that Loki's like, hey, maybe we're more powerful than we realize. That could come in handy, obviously. Yeah. Um, they kind they kind of te- they kind of well actually. Almost like what we said, kind of what predicted, um, I think back in the first episode, first or, or no, it wouldn't have been the first, it would have been second episode of our, of the, of the show, when we talk about Loki, is that we were like, oh, okay, if the timekeepers are real and like humans, Loki and Sylvie could combine and amplify their own powers using mm. each other, and they do that. They kind yeah, of do that. So they might do that against Kang in some way. Yeah. Or Kang, quote unquote. Yeah, whoever it is. It's um, just fucking Kang. And then, yeah, well, I guess, well, now that you mention that, it'd be a good little segue. One of the things I've written here is, um, Silky, that's the, uh, that's the ship name for Sylvie and Loki. Oh, so what it's do you think of that? Because so it's essentially, weird. I, I You're do really agree. fucking yourself. It, but it's essentially, it's approaching canon, I would say. If yeah. not literally. They literally just had a scene where they're, like, snuggling up with each other. Pretty much, right? I and I will say, first... At first, I was kind of against it, but then in more I got, I was like, I don't care. And last episode kind of pushed it, it seemed much closer to, and now, yeah. yeah. This episode, it kind of just seems like that's where they're going, right? Because she definitely has feelings for him, because she just like, like, well, I'm going to go find him wherever he is. I guess it could end up being just like a weird platonic thing, but that doesn't, uh, I don't know, that doesn't seem like Because Mobius says, you fell in love with yourself, you weirdo, you're so weird. But I think, we said that. I said this last time, is that, like, if it makes sense for anyone, it makes sense for Loki, right? right? The most he's already weird. And, and self-obsessed. And, and as, as this show has said, he's, like, bi and gender, gender fluid, fluid or whatever. So it do gives And, like, shit. we talked about in the myths, he gets up to all kind of weird hijinks when it comes to he fucks a horse. having sex with weird things. This would, I, yeah, compared to the myths, this would be, like, one of the yeah, tamest things he's yeah. done. Oh, is have sex with oh another human? Another humanoid Asgardian? And I think I said this last week, right? They're different enough. They're not yeah. really the same person. They, yeah, really it looks different. They even, I think, and I think now I'm thinking this was intentional that they made her hair blonde and not black. Because I, was, when I first saw, it, I was like, why didn't they make her hair black? She, if she's a Loki, I think this was all calculated yeah. to be part. And of she it. speaks much differently than he does. Everything about her is pretty much different. They are Lokis in some way, but they're they're different. They're mostly. I think all, they literally went. Out, I think all, they're like we're gonna. But name they're different. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even in name they're different. She doesn't like being exactly. called Loki. She's not even called Loki, so that's not so weird. So. Yeah, I'm really. It's not that big of a deal. No, I agree. But like I said, I d- I think this episode just kind of essentially just made it canon. It seems like I this do. Is like I go. I did also like it at when um Mobius leaves. Like they have a little bro hug and he mm-hmm. says goodbye, my friend, and they're friends. I thought that was just nice because they're friends. Because well, I guess we still don't know exactly what Loki's gonna. Either of them, really. That's what we I was thinking. First, that Loki or Sylvie are gonna be, continue beyond this. 
I think we speculated that Loki now could could show up in Multiverse of Madness and stuff, but I guess we don't have any solid confirmation on that. I think it would be a bit lame, personally, if they brought back Loki for this show. And then just brought him and back. And then killed him again. Oh, I go... Uh, no, I was saying, I think, like, I had always just pretty much assumed that this show was going to be the way that bring they him brought back. back a Loki into the main continuity. Because it's kind of weird, like, I guess we don't even really know right now if this is the main continuity because he's from a different universe but then yeah the tva kind of deals with that so yeah it's it's very confusing it i guess again my assumption was always that this was going to be the way that they shoved loki into back into our main normal timeline that we're all about yeah i think they should tread lightly on that because i don't super love the idea of loki just being in the movies again i like multiverse of madness Mm -hmm. But if he shows up in Thor stuff, I'm gonna be like, hold on, no, 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 you can't do that. Because that undermines, because A, that Loki isn't really the Loki that Thor no, remembers. I totally agree. And I've said this- Because Mulder- really Ma- those characters are divorced enough, and it ties directly into What If, because Doctor Strange is part of that, and it ties into Kang, or the multiverse, not, not Kang, I misspoke. So that's fine, and Loki is magic like Doctor Strange and Wanda. So there are several factors- that aren't character-related, and those characters have never actually really met. I think uh, they've met once, and Wanda's never met them. Hmm. So those characters are different enough that they can fill their own bonds, and they don't really talk to Thor, so there's no weird conversations that have to happen. Now, if he shows up in Thor 4 magically, or Guardians 3, because we know those two scripts are very closely tied, Mm -hmm. James Gunn and Taika have both said that, uh, I wouldn't like that. Because Thor's thing is that he loses everything. That's the whole point. Of, that's the whole point of his Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame arc, which I think is one of the better arcs in the MCU. But that's a different time because Loki I, is I completely that. different. No, I get you. That is valid. I also will just say though, to be honest, I wouldn't mind. You're son of a bitch. You're a son of a bitch, and I hate you. How dare you that's turn against fair me? No. On my own show. That's fair. This is fair, Jack. Oh, but no, if you, yeah, I guess I'm just totally on the opposite side of you. Cause you're I real, you're being a real Fox News about this, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I've got. I guess I lack any. You Ben Shapiro ass motherfucker. I've got no <laughs> conviction here. I couldn't care. I I think it'd be cool if he came back. Because here's the thing, I I do see what, all of what you're saying, but I will say, like, because I've had this thought about Gamora, right? I'm yeah. really interested in how James Gamora approach Gamora. I'm interested as well. She is alive in. She is alive in the main universe floating around. That's just a thing. But it's not the right Gamora. And I think that I have speculated that they're going to do some, like, weird shenanigans of, like, multiverse stuff where maybe, like, the the universe is going to somehow correct and being like, well, if there's another Gamora here, then I'm going to give her the Gamora's memories. There's some weird cosmic Some dumb comic book shit. Some dumb comic book shit. That's been my, like, speculation is that She's going to somehow acquire the old Gamora's memories and just bring her up to speed. Or maybe they won't do that at all. I don't know. I will say, though, this is, while different, because, yes, Loki is dead. So you would have to bring Loki back somehow. And then also face the hurdle of their memories wouldn't be totally synced. I will say it's closer, right? Yeah. Because the Gamora that's in the mainline universe right now... Does not know any of the Guardians. She knows Nebula, right? But, but she not the same way. She has no memory of being on the Guardians. Whereas, this Loki, in the show right now, has, one, 
He watched the movies. Yeah, he watched all the movies, just like we did. But he also was caught up to 2012, which obviously, like, you can't read too much into this. But the gods are, like, real old. So, like, the past ten years of movies... Are nothing to him. Is almost nothing. And again, you can't really look at it like that because it is important development-wise. Like, that is where all of their character development comes from because that's all the movies we've seen them in. Yeah. But still, I think that one is more... It would be more easy to catch them up to speed. If Thor, if this Loki, who's a little out of sync with this Thor, met each other, I think they could pretty easily reconcile that for, for at least for the, you know, purposes of the movie. They yeah. could convince me of it to where I could suspend my disbelief. Like, yeah, they're caught up. Whereas, again, that the Gamora one's much harder because you have to somehow get her to remember everything. Like, that is a totally one-sided dynamic. And there's no TVA to let her watch all the yeah. movies. So, I guess you're just I guess saying. You're saying. But I guess what I, to finish my thought before, or I don't know if I, did finish this, but I'll say it again anyways. I think it would be lame to bring him back for this show only to kill him again. Although, I guess, like you just said, you're kind of on the other side of that, which is like... I don't... I don't see, I don't want him to be killed, but I just... I think he'll just kind of go live in another timeline with Sylvie and Mobius. I think That would be fine, I guess, as well. But I guess I really was kind of like, if they're going to go through the trouble doing this show, clearly it's going to be an elaborate way by which they can bring him back. Yeah. Um... Or maybe this is going to be a way to send him off. I don't know. It could be just the opposite. Yeah, who knows? But to finish that, I guess, I will say, like, because a lot of the MCU stuff in the past couple years here seems to be doing this, is a bit of handing off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, like, Cap to, you know, like, Steve Rogers, Captain America to Sam Wilson, or like we just saw in Black Widow, that was sort of a handoff from... Natasha to... to Natasha to Yelena. Um... I suppose we could see some kind of um, handoff here where the, the like, Tom Hiddleston Loki hands it off to Sylvie, and then Sylvie makes a jump to our the main timeline and becomes the Loki for the foreseeable future in the movies. Yeah. Or whatever content, shows, whatever. Um, and then that way Tom Hiddleston can kind of exit. But we have this new actress who's, who's just got into it who would be probably more likely to, you know, get a bunch of movies under her belt and sign a bigger contract and stuff. Right. Not, not to speak on that, not to completely disagree with you, uh-huh. but I found something that completely contradicts that. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, so uh, Tom Hiddleston's birthday was very recently. He okay. was turned uh, 40, I believe, at the first episode of Loki, Sure, I believe. Or, or yeah, something like that. Or something to do with Loki he turned 40 on. And he was in an interview, but they said, hey, like, you were 30 when... Like Thor came out, or like something, some, some. When you first became yeah, Loki, you were thirty. Be, that would be, yeah, exactly ten years ago. And now you're forty, starting Loki. How's that feel? Do you think you'll be there fifty? And he goes, I hope I can be. Which okay. ki- which kind of so means about it. all right. Probably, I'm gonna say. That's how it sounds. Probably I mean, your he could thing. Could be spinning his wheels for the press, you know? Just, yeah. Because you don't want to get up there and be like, no, nah, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm. I hate being Loki. I, I hate this I thing that's made me all anything. my money. I would that's what made him. That's what made him famous. Anything else. Kind of famous. If they, if 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 the local community theater came to me with a role, I would take that before I'd be this fucking Loki guy again. I hate it. No, he, he's one no, of the guys. Right. Like if if he said that, then yeah, I guess that does fly in the face of what I said a little. I'd be happy again. Um, but if that's the case, then it sounds like he's definitely committed or willing to be in more stuff. So it sounds like he's probably not going to die at the end of this. No, and probably also not just go off into the sunset with Sylvie. I would really like if they both collected together made the jump the mainline universe and we're in the movies which stuff. means i mean not to not because i will say i guess the other alternative is that 
Tom Hiddleston sticks around as Loki, but they kill Sylvie as the one who sacrifices oh. him, and I would hate that. I would not like that. Because if you're going to bring her in and make this cool new character, do not be killing her. Don't be killing her. Especially not she's as got like, the class. Powers. Don't fridge her, right? Oh, uh, don't. That's, yeah. You're pretty much fridging her then, right? Which is even worse, because she's actually a character. Exactly. 100%. You can't just kill her to be like no, I, I think Loki. For Loki's motivation. No, no I don't she's think she's got a st- I, I think, think the MCU's past that. I think I think so too. Because I guess to spend all that I guess I feel like the most likely maybe maybe Mobius will somehow need to sacrifice himself. I hope end. not because that's Loki's friend. That'd be sad. I I agree, but also like I don't see how he's gonna fit in because he's not really on the same level as I'm he's just a guy. He's just a fucking yeah. guy. Or he could end and he's like, all right, I'm going to have to rebuild the, t- the TVA or like somehow put this stuff back together or somehow help all the people who've harmed and kind of put and it back. And maybe, maybe he'll make a TVA that is good because yeah, I, I assume that if Mo- – I mean, maybe he will because I just thought of this right now. If he takes over the TVA, he just might stop people from breaking other timelines. Yeah. Like if you have time travel and can jump into another timeline and you're fucking shit up, he'll go, hey – and prune you, and be like, you're done, because you're fucking, and maybe become, like I said in episode one of the show, the living tribunal, and help make sure. some sort of living tribunal where he is benevolent, mm-hmm. where he, like, lets it grow until, like, things actually become bad, and then he cuts it off. Because, like we said, the red line doesn't mean anything, because it's all made up. Yeah, I think the red line is just at a point where the timeline, whichever timeline it may be, yeah, branches off in some way that's disadvantaged to Kang. To, to his plans, whatever they may be. It's not actually anything's going to explode or, or The whole anything. world's going to crumble. Yeah, it's just that whatever from this point on, there's going to be individuals in this timeline that are going to be disruptive to me, and I don't like it. Don't like so it. We're just mm, no good, good, no good. And if he's in Multiverse of Madness, Loki, like we're theorizing, it's going to be fucking nuts. There's a yeah. lot of people. That's how it's seeming. Because I've seen leaked, like, because people, people have leaked a lot just like the set things they get for working on the movies <laughs> oh yeah and i'm like why are you doing that because I, they leaked shirts and they're shirts of multiverse of madness and there are four characters on them and it's wanda uh wang wong wong yep yeah dr strange and a girl who can jump through reality and that's her power like she's like naomi or something so i they probably wouldn't make they probably wouldn't just reveal to everyone that loki was there unless they had to yeah. So I just looked it up, just curious because I, I I find it hard to keep track. So Spider Man three is December of this year. Yes. Um, which also is I mean spoiler or whatever, but I think this is pretty much known. Um, Doctor Strange is in it confirmed to be in that, and Wanda may be in it. Wanda because obviously she's going to be like obviously working with Doctor Strange because Spider Man three is December of this year, and Doctor Strange is in it. And then the next move following that in March of next year is, is Doctor, Doctor Strange 2, um, which we know has wanted it. So, it, yeah, you kind of would agree. hope that um, she's in a little bit. Like I said, I think a lot of the other rumored cameos and stuff for Spider-Man 3 are still in flux and have not been confirmed between, like, all the other previous Spider-Man movie characters and stuff and even, like, Daredevil. Well, the one, no, the one is confirmed. Doctor Octopus is confirmed. Okay. He has, but, but like, the Spider-Man is... Out. Or rather, Doctor Strange is definitely confirmed. Yeah, he's been in. <laughs> he's been in revealed Lego sets and stuff for that Those movie. Damn Lego sets! The damn Lego sets. They're always spoiling it. God damn those um, Lego sets! How could they? What? Are, they can't keep getting away they with can't this. Keep getting away with it. But so yeah, that is. Uh, shit, Doctor Strange is coming up. Is all I'm saying. So hopefully we'll get answers to a lot of this. I mean, I, I assume we will. Um, 
Uh, well, why well, one last thing I wanted to say? Okay. Well, I could take one Loki. Okay, well, was, just real quick, was that? Uh, did you like the? Did you recognize the, the title? It's called Journey into Mystery. Is that because the comic season? That is a comic. That's the first um, comic. Loki, Loki Thor and Loki. Ah. They always got those weird names. Tales well, yeah, it's because they used to just be anthology series, right? Yeah. Where you just kind of come up with someone, you put him in, and then if he's stuck, then he gets his own comic, right? Yeah. Obviously, on rare occasion, the first appearance of a character is issue one. Like, so, like Fantastic Four, right? Their first issue, their first appearance is Fantastic Four 1. But then, obviously, it's like, famously... Spider-Man. S- Spider-Man. Has Amazing is Fantasy. Is he Amazing Fantasy or is he Tales to Astonish? No, he's Amazing Fantasy. Okay. Um, like, even on the DC side, right? Like, the Spider... Superman first appears in... Action Comics. Action Comics. Batman first appears in Detective Comics. Um, so that's how they just did things back in the day, I think. You just had these weird anthology like, series. Like, oh, old-timing. Then, what yeah. you got? I got Superman. He can leap real tall. <laughs> Journey into Mystery. This Big week, Frog Kid. Is he gonna stick? <laughs> nope, no Frog Kid. Next week, Thor. Oh, Thor? He's around for Thor? 70 years. Okay. What about Frog Thor? We frog did it. Thor? We brought him back. Be like, Jim, it's... It tied ni- together. It's 1990. Why are you talking like that? Yeah, we've or... got the Spider Kid. The climbing Spider Kid? Spider Boy. Spider Man. Spider Man. He's a man. But boy, he's such a boy. <laughs> that was this week's uh, segment of transatlantic accents <laughs> from 1930s America. So yeah, I just thought it was fun little... And it was a journey. It was a bit of a journey into mystery, wasn't it? It episode. really was. Alright, so um, one last... The last thing, I guess, we'll... I mean, we kind of touched on it. Do you want to act attack into, uh, into the what-if trailer? Did you have anything you want to say about that? Well, I kind of said everything I wanted to say. Okay. Basically, Nothing that... Nothing just generally? Just connected. I, I'm just excited for it. It should be good, yeah. I thought it was interesting. I will say... The I animation style is a little weird for my taste, but I, I'll get over it. I don't think I totally disagree. It's a bit out there. It'll take some getting used to. It's um, kind of like smooth Clone Wars animation. I'm it is gonna be bit, honest. It's, it's a bit cel-shaded. It's a bit, uh... Yeah. It's a bit weird. Um... I will say, like I said, we did know a lot of the kind of what-if scenarios going in at this point, or at least I, I don't know. If you, if, they've been floating around a few. Yeah, I've, I've seen most of them. Um... I will say one I didn't really know of is all is the Killmonger. What if, yeah, what if Killmonger saved Tony Iron Stark? Man? Is t- Tony Stark? That's an interesting one. I don't know where that's gonna go. I guess in retrospect, it kind of checks out to an extent. Yeah, because Killmonger's whole backstory is that he was a fucking soldier in the army or whatever. So, in in fighting in the war on terror in Afghanistan and Iraq. So I guess why couldn't he have been in Save Afghanistan Tony Stark. at the time? And then Tony Stark would help him it's build. A bit of a what if? Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Again, a lot of them we don't really get. A ton of details on the mm. biggest. I think the single biggest one we've seen the absolute most from so far is what if? Uh, I guess what if Peggy Carter was Captain Britain or whatever. I think that's that's the one I'm most excited for because that I think that's the most straightforward at the moment. It is it does seem that way, right? Because she just becomes Captain Britain. Some of them Britain. are just weird. Oh, I I would say a lot of them. That's what if I think we talked about this just off, off show, podcast. Is that the what if comics have always been weird? I think so. I don't think this is like that a huge departure. Yeah. Pretty much stepping in line, I yeah, would just, say. Just true to form, really. Cause they, yeah, because sometimes they really do get a little far-fetched. Because <laughs> it's just like, uh, what if fucking, I don't know. Uh, what if Captain America liked peanut butter instead of no peanut butter? Uh, what, if, what if Storm was Thor? That's one, I think. I, make, I mean, that one almost makes sense, though. No, that one makes a lot of sense. She's lightning. Yeah. Or she's Storm. Or or that's, I just made that up, and that's a totally different comic. Where, I think, I was, actually, I think that is, I don't think, I think Storm is Thor just at one point briefly in the main continuity, I think there's a what if if uh, Rogue was Thor. 
Maybe. What? Yeah. Hmm. Whatever. The point is, they do get weird and just obscure stuff just like wacky this. It's not bedanky. always just like the ones you would think. Yeah. Of like, like, yeah, the Peggy Carter one's kind of straightforward. Um, like, what if Black Panther was Star Lord? That yeah. one's a little less straightforward to me. Yeah, I don't really get that one. I don't really get it. We'll see how it plays out. But it's like, I, I mean, don't... it might just be that um, ego just fornicated with Black Panther's mom. I guess so. That's weird though. Because why else would Yandu pick him up? Yeah, I don't know. Or it's or just Mind you picked up the wrong kid. Related to ego in this version, I don't know. He still, um, but he still has an Af- a Middle African accent. Yeah, that's what I, I said. The same thing. I think it's just to keep his voice. Yeah, it's Chadwick Boseman. Well. I mean, um, it's the last time he appears. That it's is his last tr- appearance. The, I think it's just going to be Chadwick Boseman's last. That's what role, I Period. Yeah. Not even just appearance oh, in the MCU. Just though. Role. Oh just yeah. Role. Yeah. Just sad. So yeah, it's a bit of rest in peace. Um. Not to end this episode really depressingly because <laughs> we're getting towards the end here, but um, I don't think we saw much of this. But this is a this is one that's been revealed. It's like, what if, or maybe this somehow ties into the Killmonger one. But it's like, what if Iron Man was on Sakaar? Oh yes, that's a different one. though. that's one. Um, we see like the Gamora as Thanos thing. Of, like, what if Gamora was a tyrant, a tyrant or something? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or a warlord, I think is the way I've heard it phrased. Yeah. Um, I don't think we see. There's a Party Thor. Ton of it. Oh, did we what? see Party Thor? Uh, we did. Yeah, yeah we can't because you get because I will say I like how many voices they got. I was a little disappointed that they didn't get Robert Downey Jr. Downey Jr. That's been in flux for a while because like they obviously never announced him, whereas they announced everyone else of the main actual cast. So like his absence was a little. It stood out, and then yeah. obviously it's been it. It never was him. Um, and I think the same is true for Chris Evans. But pretty much everyone else they actually got, which is cool. Um, Who did Marvel oh. Zombies? Marvel Zombies should be fun. Um, that uh, That's another one that's kind of just straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, in the comics, that's not a what if. I mean, I guess technically it is like a Elseworlds, or not Elseworlds. It's just a, it's just a universe. It's a it's zombie just, universe. But it's just a different thing, yeah. But it makes sense. What if Marvel Zombies? I don't see how else you'd shove it in the MCU, so I, I'm fine with it here. Yeah. Um, I've always liked the those Marvels. I will say Marvel Zombies in particular is weird and trippy because they're like not they don't want to yeah, be zombies. It's it's a bit odd. Um, it's not like traditional zombies. It's written by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame, Invincible fame. Good on him. Or redacted. One of the, one of the greatest title card fame. <laughs> what fame? I said redacted title card oh, fame. because yeah. of the show. Yeah, one of my. We'll uh, talk actually um, one of the better comic writers of our of our time. I'd say so, but yeah. He does it, and it's a little weird, it's a little more obscure and out there than just zombies. There's a couple Marvel comics. The Punisher kills the Marvel Universe, is what it's called. Oh, the Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe? It's not that, though. That's a different thing. Punisher kills the Marvel Universe is Punisher in a zombie apocalypse. Oh. And the heroes and stuff are zombies, but they're just, like, mindless zombies, really. Yeah. Um... And in, in Marvel Zombies, they're like sentient. They're sentient at times, and they like have these grand plans. And they're like, it's mm, trippy. Once be you zombies. get into Marvel Zombies two and three and stuff. Oh Jesus! Um, Too many. But we'll read them if you want to see. So listeners. this seems more in line with what I was using, where they just seem like zombies. Captain America in that it looks just like a brain dead zombie. It just yeah. looks like Loki or not Loki, Bucky. This is shooting zombies. Yeah, yeah, shooting zombies and stuff. Um, we didn't see any. Another one we know to be again from. <laughs> The Lego stuff. And then also the poster, though, is like, what if Spider-Man was Doctor Strange? And um, what and what if Doctor Strange became a servant of Dormammu? 
Is That's that that is one of them I heard? Yeah. yeah. The, the what if Spider Man was Doctor Strange thing is apparently in Infinity Mashes or something. <laughs> some I, I'm not gonna be able to recall it right now. All right. Um, but there's some comic where it's essentially just it was a bunch of like mashup characters for this exact purpose, and one of them is I think he's called Spidey Supreme, maybe. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. And but apparently that he's not just a combination of Spider Man and Doctor Strange. He's somehow a combination of Spider Man, Doctor Strange, and Steve Rogers. Um, so I don't know how that'll factor in, but hmm. he, like I said, he, I don't think, Strange. I didn't see anything in the, in the trailer that stood out to me, but again, there's a lot of tiny little clips. Um, but he's definitely featured relatively prominently on the poster. Right. I mean, but it should be cool. Again, I, like you said, I'm excited for it. It should be interesting. I am excited by the prospect you said that, like, somehow it could actually factor into canon. Yeah. Of the time. No, Not that that's... A make or break I, thing. Yeah. I, I would have liked it regardless. I just think... Like no, you I said, totally agree. What if it's interesting? And it's like... I a, often refer to myself, especially when it comes to Star Wars, as a bit of a canon junkie. I like knowing canon. I like staying on top of it. Well, because then I often find that, like, there's lots of references spread throughout canon. It's less so for the MCU, because there's less ancillary material, right? There's not, like, tying books and comics and stuff. Yeah. There is for Star Wars. But so, sometimes I can find myself obsessing over what is and isn't canon. In right, way that's probably detrimental to my actual enjoyment well of the thing. <laughs> so I, I try not to worry about it too much. But that is an interesting concept, regardless. The fact that some of these characters could jump. I saw an interesting theory that the Killmonger one could somehow lead to Killmonger again jumping into like the main timeline oh. as a way to become Black Panther. Oh, that's the thing people have been speculating. Good. Well, really, since Black Panther, people are like. He should come back in some way and be good, because we liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, I think he's a bit over the top in that movie, I'll just say. He's a bit, ridi- he's a bit like, comical, almost, sometimes, with some of the shit he says. He's a bit overly evil. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, but whatever. I, he, Michael B. Jordan is great. He's, I'd be a, he's a great that. actor. And then, especially after, unfortunately, Shebek Bozeman passed, people are like, we really should try to get him back now to be Black Panther. Yeah, or um, some some version of that yeah. character. And so, but to do that, you'd need to somehow bring him back to bring life. Him back to life, and this could could be that. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I'd have to start looking into like the the history of it in the comics. I was gonna say more the production timelines of this involved, where it's like, does that even make sense, kind of like timeline wise? Would this show have been in production long enough back? Long enough back for that when. They could have, yeah, altered it when Chadwick Boseman passed, or would this have already been done by then kind of deal? I, I'm not totally sure, but... Uh, I, I, not that's very out, but I think that might be the case, because there are room, there's a lot of rumors going around for Black Panther that Namor is still going to be in it. Yeah. Because that was, that's, that's that was coming up... The most recent stuff I've seen is... Yeah, but even before the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, I'm bringing that up a lot in this episode. Unfortunately. Um, well, because he's in it. He, that's true. It's, it's important, and it's very sad that he passed. Um... So I was always wondering, like, well, how are they going to do Namor if no one's around to fight Namor? Uh-huh. But if Killmonger comes back, he can fight Namor. If he's Black sure. Panther or yeah. some some Black Panther-esque character, I'm, uh-huh. I don't think he'll be the Black Panther. I think he'll be what whatever he is. What is he? Is he just Killmonger? Isn't he's like, just Killmonger. Yeah. Whatever, like, golden whatever he is. Yeah. He could fight Namor in the suit with the powers because he's a trained killer. Like, mm-hmm. he's a trained Marine or whatever. Or special <laughs> ops. I think he's a Navy SEAL, right? Suddenly he's got all those weird yeah. scars he gives himself, which yeah, that's weird. Um, he does it. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. They obviously could have other plans for who's going to take up the mantle. Um, I've heard, like, maybe they'll pass it around, or, like, it'll be a shared thing where, like, M'Baku and Shuri could 
and or maybe Koye. Koye or what's his girlfriend's name? Oh goodness, I don't remember. I don't remember. Sadly. But yeah, I've heard stuff like that. I I guess I was in the minority of this because a lot of people didn't seem to be on board with this at all and think they've made the correct choice because everything came out and definitively said that it is going to be taken on by some new character of some kind. Um, I had thought potentially like. I didn't personally see a big problem with just doing, um, getting a, essentially just recasting it and saying this is still T'Challa, the Black yeah. Panther, right? Apparently people were on board with that because when this loose came out that they were going to replace him, everyone was okay with that and, and seemed to think that was a better choice. So I guess I'm in the minority, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm fine with, but I don't know, because they talked a lot about how, like, when he passed, like, that it was, this character was important to him and that, like... He he kind of obviously he didn't create it, but he founded it for the MCU and like was proud of the impact it had. So it seemed to me like I thought it would be potentially nice if the character could continue continue as a character, right? Is that like it didn't have to die with him? And I I again, I guess I was in the minority, but like that was my thought process. It's like it is kind of sad that T'Challa has to die too. Hey, be gone again. I guess everyone else thinks this is the correct choice, so I won't argue too heavily, but. We'll see how it goes. Kind of went off a tangent there, but yeah, <laughs> that's all right. What if should be good? Excited. What if it's good? Yeah, it's gonna be weird to talk about <laughs> again. Not to hyper focus on what is and isn't canon, but like so much of what we do here is, is speculate on the how future. things are gonna tie in in the future stuff, and and we love again. I, I think you probably are to an extent, Jack, also a bit of a, a canon junkie, right? I so definitely we like, am. We like, yeah, I like knowing what's coming next. In. So if all these shows are, or these episodes of What If are just anthology episodes that don't tie into anything greater. That would be a little difficult for us to really talk about. I mean, it'll still be like, that was, that was a good episode. It was a good episode. It was pretty good. But it means might, nothing. We'll right. never talk about it again. We might not um, discuss these episodes nearly as much as... We were talking about Loki. Like a Loki in particular, yeah. Yeah. It has so many implications and so much... Tie-ins. It's better yeah. final episode will really... Cosmic. Be able to talk happening. about it. Yeah. All right, on that God, note, I hope it's Kang. I hope it's if if it's not, not Kang, Kang, we're gonna, gonna have to cancel the show. The show will yeah. have to be taken down. We'll delete all the episodes and just restart episode over. one, another pilot. I'll read it all the same up to this point, um, and we'll re-record all new episodes with this new knowledge. <laughs> um, on that, I'm gonna act attack because we're at an hour and forty five. Now we'll finish it up, and I just want to end it with looking to the future. I think what we're gonna start to do. I'm saying it now on air, and so I can cut this out, and we can talk about it off podcast. Um, just every so often, we'll talk about on the podcast what we're planning on talking about in the future. Yeah. Um, I mean, we touched on we, this a couple we, weeks we back. brought out we did. This is why I want to start because we did it once, and I yeah. you know, and we brought up Robert Kirkman, which is very apt. Um, because Zach and I are both obviously interested in, in watching. We've seen a little bit of the show Invincible. I've watched the first four episodes and read the first fifteen issues, and Zach has done none of that. Or I think you've watched the show, right? I watched the whole show. You watched the show. The so Zach watched the show. first season and has not read any of the comics. Um, so we're going to plan on reading the entirety of Invincible and talking about it. Now, we'll, we'll, the strategy we'll probably do is read them based on the compendiums. Uh, there's, there's like, they're like 40, 40 to 50 issues per compendium. Yeah. So the compendium 1, 2, and 3, and then I'll probably do a whole series retrospective with all the knowledge sure. at once. Yeah, because um, after Loki here... There's a couple week break. We got the Bad Batch and Rick and Morty. We will still have the Bad Batch. and Oh, yeah. That was another thing. I think we did mention that the last time. But we, we've decided what we're going to do for Rick and Morty is that wait until this whole half, half season. season has aired. And then we'll just talk about that as a little bunch. But, um, yeah, after 
Loki next week, there won't be any... Uh, other than the Bad Batch, but again, like, we didn't obviously talk about it this week. And those, you know, nothing against them. The individual episodes of that are usually less impactful. Yeah. We can kind of save a couple of them. Um, and we know so, what's going to happen in Star Wars after the Bad Batch. Yeah, because so we as we talked about last week, they rub against each other. Yeah, so we don't have. We're not going to have something weekly to talk about. So we'll start to fill it in with yeah stuff like that, stuff like that, and uh, and just movies. We're going to watch the Green Knight and yes. talk about that when it yeah, comes out in gonna, two weeks. That, that will be relevant when it comes out. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Green Knight. And if and you want to watch, want us to watch movies, email yeah. us. Um, but along that line, is that we're also going to talk about books we read. Um, we'll talk about the Dark Tower, the Stephen King series, when Zach finally decides to finish it. Yeah. Because he's in the last... infuriates me. <laughs> um, we're also thinking about reading, uh, both The Wheel of Time and Discworld. A notoriously long series yeah, by the, authors Robert the, Jordan and, uh, Terry Pratchett. Two famously long fantasy series. Uh, just, just to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, we don't know how we're gonna do it. We might alternate, but that's something to look forward to, listeners. And on that, we're actually going to end the episode. Yeah, I'll wrap it up here. It up. As always, this show was created by us, written by us, <laughs> shot, produced, edited by us. We do half Title of those cards. things. No, we do all of them. There's no writing we created. There's no shooting. We write text to each other. Right, we shoot nothing. Go on. Why'd you get ruin it? Well, you can cut this out. <laughs> uh, and as always, our logo was created by Jeffrey Gonzalez at inkocean.jpg. Follow them if you want. And, yeah, follow us on uh, Twitter at, at, at the Ac Attack with JNZ. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Um, we're on Audible. I think we're going to be an Apple podcast. I'm really trying to get that figured out. I think I've got it now. If not, <laughs> I will throw a fit and destroy something. <laughs> I don't know. I'll find Steve Jobs and shake him. Shake him back awake to beat him to death. Oh, goodness. Uh, but that's where we are. Find us if you want. Email us at akatakjazz at gmail.com. That's akatakjaz at gmail.com. Uh, with your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, your opinions, and what you want us to talk about. Because yeah. we're open to ideas. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. See Bye ya. now.